Monsters Podcast, where the host truly believed that, you know, one of my wife's relatives was trampled by Godzilla. I'm Kyle. I'm Cameron. And I'm Rob. And today is the first episode of Fan Month. Uh, the first Fan Month one. May. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we put up a poll on Monday of this week. And, and a lot of people ran it into go. it. <laughs> oh! oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got him! That's the kind of zingers y'all can expect from... Yeah, that's it. All right, bye, everybody. Wrap it up. <laughs> we let it run to Wednesday, even though we probably could have cut it off after the first day. Oh, boy. Um, because uh, overwhelmingly, uh, GMK, a.k.a. Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, giant monsters, all-out attack, was the movie chosen for this first episode. Uh, this is one... <laughs> it was chosen over Kaiju Girl somehow. Imagine that. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, it's it's kind of crazy uh, that, um, that Godzilla is so popular amongst the giant monster community, you know? <laughs> I wouldn't have I wouldn't have expected the outcome of this this poll. Person. To be Never fair, in my wildest dreams. To be fair, GMK lost in its last poll. That's true. <laughs> GMK we... was up last year too and it did not win. I so. don't even remember what it was. I remember it was close, but then something else won over it. Yeah. What was it? <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Point is, we're doing GMK. Uh we've uh I've been super excited to do this movie. Uh this is by far, spoilers for my final thoughts, one of my favorite Godzilla movies of all time. Uh I'm gonna be gushing about this movie pretty much the entire <laughs> podcast. Uh but uh we were kind of holding off because you know we're we're running out of Godzilla movies to talk about here. <laughs> we're coming toward the end. Uh but uh <laughs> the fans raised their voices. And we must answer. Um, so please stop screaming outside my windows. <laughs> <laughs> please. Oh, man. Win GMK. Please, <laughs> please go to, back to your homes. Well, we're but, putting it to bed. <laughs> but first, before we talk about GMK, this time we have news. What, mm. what, what news could there no, possibly be? We finished it. We finished Kyle, the news. I promised the audience that we did it. We had finished all of the news. <laughs> we did everything that there was. We were done. Well, you were a liar, Rob. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, let's start off the news uh, with actually something that happened literally the day after we recorded. Well, yeah, last of course. <laughs> so uh, there was the King of the Monsters watch along. Uh, that happened, we recorded on Wednesday that week, and it happened on Thursday. Um, so uh, there wasn't a lot of new information. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. There was actually a ton of new information about King of the Monsters. Uh, mm. Michael Daughtry, like, went all out on, like, tweeting, like, as we were going along with little details about how they filmed this scene, 
you know, what they originally wanted to do with Mothra, Rodan, and Ghidorah, like all these like cool little anecdotes. And you can still go back and read those on the official Godzilla Twitter because uh, those are still there. So if you want to know like random tidbits about King of the Monsters, go check that out. I highly suggest it. Um, we actually, I watched it along with our Discord and we were all like on the Twitter, like just like going <laughs> back and forth talking about all the, the fun stuff that he ta- he announced. Um <laughs> So uh, the one thing that we did get some clarification on and a and a picture of, uh, so we we learned that Matt Frank is working on something official for the MonsterVerse back when I think it was Kong Skull Island was shown, uh, but we didn't get any like details. Still, I mean, everybody assumed what it was. Uh, turns out yeah. it's not what we assumed what it was, um, which only makes it more confusing. Like. <laughs> So let me explain. So he clarified that he is not working on a MonsterVerse comic. Yes. But he says that the thing he's working on is super dope and you are all going to love it. And oh, then he did really post, cool. He did post okay. a picture of uh-huh. like the sketches for it. Um, and there's a couple interesting things on these sketches. For instance, there's some sort of crazy red energy coming off the back of his legendary Goji. Uh, I don't know what that is, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, it's really, really interesting. Um, but we have we have zero idea now. We know he's doing something, but we have no idea what it is. Um, could be a, a poster. Maybe it's going to be like one of the big posters that they do. Maybe he's drawing one of the posters <laughs> for the film. Yeah. Maybe he's doing something else. I don't. I, I literally have no idea now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's going to be a blanket for all I know, you know, <laughs> a really cool blanket. That's dope. And you're all going to love it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we have no idea, um, what's going on with that now. Uh, it's kind of thrown <laughs> everything that we thought we knew into disarray. Um, so the next piece of news moving on, uh, before we move on to what I actually wrote down here, uh, there has been a new, image for Godzilla versus Kong technically uh the image that was shown off uh is uh it was on a um the banner a, image thing right yeah the banner yeah the, it was we've seen it before yeah uh, it's the the super neon the very blue Godzilla and the very blue Kong coming towards each other yeah, yeah and their fighter poses with like a neon sunset behind them yeah, it's yeah. it's a very cool image and I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if that's the the ba- the official banner that we get like on like the Facebook page and stuff like that. Yeah. Um but uh it's not it's not much new. It's just that it's just like higher res now. So you get a really good look at um the one major difference that might be for Godzilla's spikes in this film. Um they're a lot pointier. Uh they're not as rounded. So it looks like the spikes are the same shape as 2019 Goji, but it looks like yeah. maybe they made them a little bit more aggressive looking. Um which maybe makes you think of makes you think that he's going to be the villain to a certain extent. Maybe maybe they're trying to make him look a little bit more more scary. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm mean. <laughs> I'm serious um, now. Power is gone to my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we don't we don't know. Like we, it's just that's that's there. The image is there. It's around. We've all seen it before. But it's high res. Um, so the actual next piece of news, and this one is super, super, super cool. 
I want to see the video of this still, but we have a better idea of what it looked like. So we've talked about it multiple times on the podcast. Uh, They filmed a short film for the Subaraya Museum opening, and it plays inside the Subaraya Museum, uh, showing off them. They remade the G54 suit and filmed this entire like short Godzilla attack sequence with the G54 suit. Um, we, we've seen the G54 suit before. We knew what it looked like, uh, how accurate it looked and stuff like that. Um, but we had never seen shots from the actual short itself. Um, and that changed last week. Uh, we got, I, I, t- I took like 19 of the images and sent them to the, the, yeah. the group chat. There was a few more, uh, but they were all kind of the same stuff. Um, and it, the, the shots that are actually in the, f- like the, you can tell are part of the actual film and not part of the making of, yeah. uh, where it's got the lighting and everything on it are gorgeous. Yeah. Like, they are so good looking. Turns uh, out Suitmation still looks pretty good. It's weird, right? Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> How weird. And, like, anyway. And the, the practice, like the, the G54 suit, like seeing it in color and stuff like that. Like, sure. There's, there's shots of it that make it look goofy. Like, the G54 mm. suit itself was goofy as hell. Mm. But, like, I mean, you know, it's got the big googly eyes, and you know, <laughs> there's not much you can really do with that uh, to make it intimidating. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but man, those shots look so, so cool. I really, <laughs> really, really want the actual footage. I mean, I would settle for a full making of, showing the behind the scenes of how they filmed it and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, it would be nice to get that outside of Japan. Uh, I don't know if we ever will, <laughs> but you I never mean, know. Well, who knows with like the way things are going. And again, like Toho's big push to try and make Godzilla like a whole universe, Godzilla universe or whatever they're calling this like era of pushing the MGU. For- <laughs> MGU. <laughs> the Marvel Godzilla universe. <laughs> pushing Godzilla for SummerSlam. Uh, I know they're putting out like a lot of extra stuff right now. It's just been like, video game or not even video games like card games and board games and stuff but maybe the kids love trading (laughs) card games i mean i'm sure it'll be like on a dvd like 4k restoration of like 54 they'll add that or something yeah that could be cool yeah we'll see i i just i wonder i don't know i i Trust me, I, I'm pushing for it. I would love. I want to see it. I want to see it so bad. Even if it's only like a ten minute short, like I will. I will watch the hell out of it. Um, but uh, anyway, so those shots, uh, I, I will definitely like. I know we say it every week and then we don't do it, but this one, I promise, I will post some of them <laughs> on our Twitter. Uh, I I, re, I retweeted it already. The shots of it, but I'll, I'll yeah. post those some of them to the episode itself. Um, but. Uh, so the next piece of news, uh, this one kind of snuck in out of nowhere. Like we know Mill Creek has been releasing Ultraman series, uh, but there wasn't like an official, like big, like, Oh, these are the next Ultraman series. It just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> somebody posted it to me being like, Hey, by the way, this is coming out on this date. I was like, uh, uh I mean, cool, but why? Like, uh, cool. <laughs> uh, thanks. Um, so, uh, Neo Ultra Q, uh, which is the reboot of Ultra Q, uh, yes. that happened, uh, when did it happen? Cameron, do you know the, when it, uh, I can find it. <laughs> I thought I remember seeing that it was in the nineties. Was I, I feel like Q. somebody said the nineties. Yeah. Uh, 2013 actually. 
Oops. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Maybe the movie yeah. is what came out in the 90s cuz there's yeah. also the Ultra Q movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's the one that came out in the 90s. Ultra Q oh. the movie came out in the 90s. Whoops. Um, yeah, and there was Ultra Q Dark Fantasy in 2004, which guess who wrote? <laughs> guess who wrote for it? Who? Shusuke Kaneko. Went to Tarantino. No oh, way. No. Yeah, Shusuke Kaneko wrote a few episodes of Ultra Q Dark Fantasy. How wow. fitting. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Neo Ultra Q uh, is going to be one of the Mill Creek releases. It's coming out on August 11th. Uh, I have heard good things about it. Um, it's essentially still that Twilight Zone-esque feel, but you know there was that Twilight Zone reboot that happened uh, that some people loved, some people hated. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't know. I've heard good things. I've heard good things. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, I think the next actual Ultraman series is Ace. I believe, and that's coming out like this month or something like that. It got delayed by a couple I, of months. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a so, lot. Like we're probably going to see a slowdown of a lot of like that kind releases. of content. You know. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, next up uh, is this one. Also, is really really cool and got to s- sent to us by a fan. Yeah, uh, and I'm super pumped about this because I'm a father and I want this so bad. Um, so they're coming out with a board book. Uh, if you don't know what a board book, those, those little, little tiny square books that you see for kids, um, for Godzilla versus Kong. (laughs) (laughs) And it is called sometimes friends fight. Um, and in parentheses, it has a parentheses, but they always make up after. So (laughs) I have spoilers for the movie. I have, Right, spoilers. I have a question. Uh, So the board book is definitely for like little little kids. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Who's who's the who's the target? Who's the target? What do you mean? Who's the target market for this? Kyle is. (laughs) Oh come on! It's you know it's going to be drawn like a cute art style. Yeah, but I mean it's based off of like a movie where there's like a monster ripping another monster's brain out of his spine. Godzilla, hold on, but Godzilla and Kong (laughs) are like they're they're icons here. (laughs) That's fair. It's actually based on the sixties movie. (laughs) There's been Godzilla kids books before, and there's been Kong kids books before. True. I I think it'll be fine. It's only it's it's a kids book. It's the the point is. The point that I'm making is, one, I'm excited for it. Two, the actual point is that this is only more marketing stuff for Godzilla vs. Kong. More Godzilla vs. Kong being in other places other than just the single Walmart toy aisle. Like, no, (laughs) you're going to go to Barnes & Noble and you're going to see this book. The other Walmart toy aisle. (laughs) The other Walmart toy aisle. But yeah, no, so I, I honestly, that kind of really opens my eyes to the marketing thing that they're going to do for this movie, which is yeah. different from how they did King of the Monsters. We're going to target, is, we're going to target the, the, the three to four demo, uh, which <laughs> we, we really missed have, them we really on King missed of the Monsters on previously. We're going to, that's our, it's not, <laughs> you, you're so obsessed with the demographic, Rob. <laughs> so Rob's a marketing like, guy. He's always thinking think about the it's numbers. Kind of weird that this is some like some of the first official merchandise for getting like. There's a Jurassic Park kids book. I, I own fair. it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's incredibly violent. 
No, it's not. Blood it cuts out all the violence, but like that's the whole thing. Like at most, you're gonna see Godzilla pro- or Kong punching Godzilla in the face, maybe, that's and then fair. Godzilla blasting Kong away, probably, and that's it. That's all you're gonna get. Like it's gonna yeah, be. Yeah, we're like, gonna have kids going to school using their atomic breath without any concern for people around true. them. It's fair. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I don't think the demographic is as much of an issue. I think the biggest thing is, once again, having this on a store shelf to where a dad and a kid walk by and it's got this cute little Godzilla and Kong on it, like, you know, like with their fists up, like fisty cuffs on the front of the cover. And Two like bare knuckle bros about it's to just go like at it. A parent knowing that it's there is going to be like, oh, that I didn't even know that movie was coming out. Oh, my God. Like that yeah. is that is m- worth more than anything in my opinion because that's once again my giant article go read it that is one of the biggest reasons Godzilla versus or Godzilla King of the Monsters failed monetarily at the box office is so many people didn't even know the movie was out. Yep, and they true. couldn't catch that three to four demo. Very true. <laughs> Mostly, anyway. I just think that it's like <laughs> you know, like sure wish there were like I don't know, like t-shirts or like well that's but i'm saying i'm saying that's stuff it just seems like it's like the walmart the walmart toys got announced it's like okay cool we got the leak of that and that's like the next big leak a kid's book (laughs) that's all is it seems like i mean we know kind of funny that it's like but you know the art book is coming too that official art book. okay sorry true there are there are three things that have been advertised as merchandise for the movie (laughs) the toys haven't been okay first of all the toys haven't been advertised they're not second of all (laughs) second of all we are still months out from the movie Uh, like very true I, i think i think the biggest thing is seeing this leak leads me to believe that we will see more t-shirts and so on and so forth for this movie just on the fact that we did not see a kid's book about king of the monsters we didn't see anything (laughs) like that true like i'm just saying like it's it to me it says something good could be coming from the marketing Mm. Uh, oh hey speaking of something good coming i definitely want to cover the next news article you do it go 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 okay hey guys (laughs) Robert New here, talking about something good coming. So uh, you guys know me, Cam- me and Cameron loved SSSS Gridman. I did too. Uh, <laughs> and, oh, sorry, uh, per the episode. But yes, uh, it is probably one of the best anime that we've seen in a long time. Well, don't worry. It's coming back, baby. Uh, they've, an- they've announced the cast for the next, and I mean like the characters, for the next SSSS Gridman spinoff, which is going to be called SSSS uh Dyna Xenon, which is the big T-Rex monster from the original Gridman show. Yeah, it is. And I'm so excited. It's actually a combination of two of them. Dyna Xenon is the Dyna Dragon and then the God Xenon mech. Yes. It's the fusion of the two of those is Dyna Scientology God? Yeah. (laughs) So this is what I'm really excited about is uh, so in the last one we had... We had uh, characters playing Gridman, and then we had like the like, we had like his two high school friends, and then we had like a fleet of like these super cool secret agent dudes that all form the Xenon like components. Whatever Gridman, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Buster, this one, they've revealed who uh, the new characters the are. What was that? What was that? I was saying I was trying to list them all off, and I got to Buster. And Excalibur and Drill Girl, Drill is Buster. Drill is Buster. Yeah, 
because Big Knuckle is not Maxter, because that's the American Gundam. You know what? Let me take let me let me work on this. I'll get back to y'all. <laughs> okay. So we've got we've got five new characters. It looks like none of the returning cast is coming for this one. It's, uh, it definitely seems man. like a separate yeah it's separate you know and either some other computer or something else like it's the art style is very very similar but it's some definitely got a ha- brand new some other's imagination maybe because oh. that was the whole point of the first one yes <laughs> i would i would love to see if this is like you know like tied back into that weird digital like brain space yeah um but we have we have five new characters we have uh tough dour bishanin guy with like bandages covering his chest his abs just out mm-hmm. and then like out for all just, to see just like <laughs> this like super grim angry looking face and that's absolutely the dragon there's no doubt about it oh, oh yeah in that's my the, mind that's the dinosaur stark man. red yeah. hair uh cool leather chain or cool leather uh pants with like a chain for on the belt man just a dope look and then Three people that look like they might just be normal high schoolers. Well, uh, normal anime high schoolers. Anime high schoolers, sorry, with like various degrees of like anime hair. Uh, and then one person who just straight up looks like a ninja from a fighting game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love I love this cast and crew already. I'm so excited because I there's I, I 100% trust the studio to make yeah. a second season just as good as the first. I mean, especially it's, it's, when they're like fully separated from it and they can take the premise, but go somewhere entirely different with it. And they don't have to be like, and here's where Gridman went next, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's still studio trigger. So, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> we know the animation's going to be on point. Um, it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> I do I think, have one concern. Yeah. Yes. Um, for some reason, I'm having flashbacks to Gunbuster and Gunbuster Two, because mm. Gunbuster Two got a little weird. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, this anime also got a little weird. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, it'll probably be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the one thing that they did say, they did say that it is uh, in the Gridman. It's in the same universe as the first mm. Gridman show, the MGU. So yeah. it, so it's not just <laughs> MGU. A different, a different MGU. Different MGU. Because yeah. now it's Gridman. MGMU. Uh, oh. The WGW, the World Gridman uh, Wrestling Federation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's definitely like it's not just like a it's not per se a spin. I feel like probably by the end we'll see either Gridman or Grid Knight. I feel like there's going to be yeah. some crossover by the end of it. Maybe Grid in the final Man. episode. Uh, setting up a different series probably <laughs> yeah because like i mean you know we're used to like seeing these characters together with Gridman, so it's interesting Gridman. that this one is just like what if we m- made a whole like prequel series of like a third series entirely separate you know yeah, yeah. i feel like this one's going to build up the new antagonist for them to face in whatever Gridman crossover they have coming yeah up actual i'm gonna SSS make a grid man too i'm gonna make a, a a prediction yes i think that in that crossover sss grid man 2 <laughs> i don't think it's grid man i think anti is gonna be the focus i think he's gonna be Ooh, our crossover Grid-Night? character yeah yeah Grid-Night? yeah and i'm basing this off of how they handle uh common writer movies <laughs> yes. because of 
Because, like, most secondary writers get their own summer movie, and the rest of the show feels so overtly tokusatsu. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they would follow that. It feels natural for them to follow that kind of formula. That's why I was thinking maybe Grid Knight is the one may show up in this series. Yeah. Yeah. And be the the one one that that he fuses with. Yeah. And he shows up halfway through the season of of Dino Xenon. Like, he shows up, like, maybe, like, you know, they keep them all secretive. Like, you just see them at the end of, like, the the fifth episode or something. Oh, like, yeah. We're going to get some over-the-shoulder shots of him just oh, observing yeah. for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, regardless, we're all super excited for this. I wasn't oh, on that man. episode, but I love this show so much. It was so <laughs> good. Um, it just... It, 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 if you have not watched it and you're like, you're like, oh, I don't watch anime... If you are into <laughs> Tokusatsu at all, you will like this show. Like it's Green not man. Like it's it is very anime, like obviously, but at the same time, like the Tokusatsu ness of it, like is such a like if if you like Ultraman or you like yeah. Zone Fighter, you will just fall in love with this instantly. <laughs> I, I give you to the end of the first episode. <laughs> you will fall in love with it by the end of the first episode because that's the first you get the first fight at the end of the first episode so yeah. it does not waste time into fighting yeah. a kaiju uh, he karate so. chops a kaiju's head off it's straight true. and that's very good <laughs> um, but uh, that is all the news oh wait but I do have one last thing. Uh, we did get a new review on iTunes. So <gasps> yeah. I will read that out real quick. Uh, it's a five-star review. It's from uh, Hamilton54. Um, he I says love that play. <laughs> he says, these guys are awesome and extremely entertaining to listen to. If you love sci-fi and giant monster movies, you'll love this podcast. Uh, so thank you so much for that. We really appreciate hearing from our fans. Thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear about what happened in your duel with Anguirus Burr. You know, listen. <laughs> we all <laughs> nailed it. That was good. That was a good one. Yes. <laughs> I don't have any I don't have any I don't have any follow-up bits. That was nope. really good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we have we have a very impactful and large Godzilla movie to talk about. And um, a very impactful and large Godzilla to talk about. Yeah, Ooh, very true. Well, he's not that big, to be fair. He's pretty big, <laughs> but and he makes big impacts. He does make big impacts <laughs> with his big old stompers. Uh, so we will take a short little bump, as always, and then come back at you with uh, GMK. After these messages, we'll be right back. Gridman. And welcome back. We're here on our first episode of May's Fan Month to talk about Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah Giant Monsters All Out Attack, or GMK for short, uh, which is what everybody (laughs) calls it. Uh, (laughs) I don't. I only call it the long one. Every single time? Every single time. time. (laughs) Cameron exclusively calls this movie the long one, which is I call it the long one. It's hard to know what I'm talking about because I only call it the long one. Yeah. This is definitely one of the longest uh, Godzilla titles out there. Uh, Tokyo SOS is close, but... uh, Yes. (laughs) um, So, 
All right, so to get to the actual movie, so before we talk about the actual plot, one more thing to do. Uh, so we have some Tokyo tidbits about, uh, kind of like we did for Destroya, but there's not as many. Uh, <laughs> not nearly as many. There are some uh, three, count them three, uh, proposals for this movie that were, one of them was almost complete uh, before it turned into the movie we got. Uh, and then the other two were just kind of ideas that Kaneko floated before getting to <laughs> what he wanted to do. Uh, so first off, he originally wanted to do a Godzilla versus Kamakuras film. Yeah, he uh, did. With There's not much information with that one. He just liked the idea. He just likes um, bugs. He likes the bugs. Um, he loves a bug. So the next one in the fan community is called Godzilla versus M. Um, it's not the actual title it was going to be. Uh, M is just the name of the monster that was in the script. Uh, so essentially there was a space shuttle astronaut that crashed uh, and became to uh, started to transform and became kind of like a Frankenstein-esque monster, uh, very uh. much like uh, uh, Frankenstein conquers the world. Oh, uh, yeah. And oh, yeah, because yeah, he loves Baragon. Be big, it was going to be this big battle between uh, Godzilla and uh, him and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, then that got turned down. And finally, we release, we get to the one that almost happened. Uh, and this is basically where the concept of the plot actually came from. Um, so the original version of the movie was going to be Godzilla against Varen, Baragon, and Anguirus. Those were going to be yeah. our three title monsters that he was going to go a, up against. What a tag team. <laughs> what, a, <laughs> what a triple threat there. What a new oh, world man. order tag team. They've got, oh, man. <laughs> Land, land, and air, kind of. <laughs> kind of, sort of. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so what, do you, what they wanted to do, exactly like the film we're about to talk about, uh, is that the three monsters were going to be guardian monsters that would battle Godzilla. Um, so For the title. Essentially, uh, they wanted to, he wanted to do these three, and then... Uh, Toho requested Mothra and Ghidorah be added to the film uh, for the marquee like value. Um, and then he wanted to basically the other two were dropped out. Varagon and Bar- Varen and Baragon were dropped out or mm-hmm. Varen and Giris, excuse me. Varen yeah. and Giris were dropped out, uh, but he fought ha- tooth and nail to keep uh, Baragon. He was like, no, I really want Baragon. So we you still guys, got Baragon. You guys, uh, <laughs> You guys know that picture of there's like a kid sleeping in bed and then there's a soldier with his arms out and he's like blocking all the like knives and bombs and stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like that, but it's Shisuke Kaneko standing over Baragon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will protect you at all oh, costs. Amazing. My sweet little potato. That's so good. <laughs> um, so uh, it was also going to feature the Gotengo. Uh, funny enough. Oh. Um, and also, uh, s- this is a Tokyo tidbit for a design, but uh, the suit designer was extremely disappointed that Varen, his all-time favorite monster, was excluded for the final film. So he used some of Varen's design elements in the Ghidorah design. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can really tell in the nose. He's got very Varen noses on the end of each of those heads. Oh, yeah, you're right. I can see that now. <laughs> man when are the um, baron fans gonna get theirs 
Um, so this is actually the stage uh, as well where Godzilla was going to be, or they were thinking about trying to make the suit a horizontal uh, Godzilla instead of the yeah. traditional uh, suitmation stand-up. Uh, they could not figure it out uh, how to make it work and not kill the suit actors back. Maybe uh, give them a skateboard. <laughs> so they <laughs> so they went back to the tr- uh, upright posture, but they actually kept the design elements of both, which Cameron will talk about when we get to monster designs. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, so finally, uh, the coolest thing about this, uh, the, well, actually... Two things. Coolest thing about this, the Anguirus design actually was molded. So there actually is a <gasps> maquette. A GMK Anguirus? Yeah, there's a maquette Ooh. of GMK Anguirus. Uh, wow. He's very slim. He's very spiky. Um, there's also a Varen, but it looks like just like the old Varen. There's not much new. Uh, you can't but, improve uh, upon perfection. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's that. Um, so it's, it basically... Uh, they they got remo- they got them removed. They moved on mm. and did King Ghidorah and Mothra and Baragon. Uh, and uh, the other interesting thing is at Jet G Fest, we heard from Kaneko that one of the things that he actually likes in retrospect about switching the monsters is he likes the color mm, of the new yeah. monsters because he talked about how like you know Angus Varen and uh, Baragon would have been very earthy colors. They all would have been browns mm-hmm. and reds, yeah. and you know there's not a lot of variation there and so when they switch to Ghidorah and Mothra of course everything's really colorful with the two of them being gold and Mothra's multicolored wings and yeah. so he really liked he in retrospect that's one the one thing that he really likes about the transition from this yeah. version to the the actual version that we're going to talk about um <laughs> so all right so we're at the plot we're actually here now we made it <laughs> we made we're it. in our little submarines we and we're ready got the history let's <laughs> dive in all right so um essentially uh for some context godzilla 1954 happened uh one of the biggest things that this movie does is uh have the uh japanese self-defense force be lied to about how godzilla was killed so in this universe basically they are told that the japanese self-defense force we were cool we were awesome we killed godzilla great job great job yeah, so they're they're like they think that they were the ones to defeat him. Of course, that's not the case. They didn't change the lore or anything. Like, no, Sarazawa still killed him with the oxygen destroyer. Um, so essentially, uh, a su- a submersible looking for a nuclear sub uh, comes upon uh, like completely destroyed nuclear sub and sees a creature. Uh, swimming away that has giant fins glowing blue. Of course, we know who it is. Um, That's right. It's Varen. It's Varen. <laughs> uh, there is a the main character, who we'll talk about later, Yuri, who is a reporter for a uh, terrible like bar- bargain basement. They do docudramas, like sci-fi she channel. Works, she works for Weekly World News. Yes, there you basically. go. Basically. Um, is she gets caught up in all of this stuff. Essentially, she gets caught up in an earthquake that strikes the area uh, that she is filming another docudrama about a random monster. Uh, some bikers get killed during a cave-in from said earthquake uh, that is moving. Uh, <gasps> <laughs> Yuri begins moving. an investigation. Uh, finds it's uh, also sees a strange, strange old man in the woods. Uh, 
during this investigation, f- she finds out about the guardian monsters and also learns about uh, the old man because he gets caught by the cops. The old man tells her about Godzilla and how he is coming back, what he is, why he's coming back, how the guardian monsters are the only ones that can stop him, so on and so forth. Um, of course, immediately after that, Baragon shows up. He pops out right next to the police station. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, starts heading towards the, the ocean. Uh, immediately after that, Godzilla shows up uh, and causes a huge ruckus on the way to Baragon. They have a huge battle. Uh, and unfortunately, Baragon is Baragon. Is happily safe and <laughs> a-okay and nothing bad yeah. happened and definitely about to make it were you just about to make a great pun and say unfortunately Baragon is baragon <laughs> i mean yeah now did, now I, I, did I cut did i cut you off from that because yes, that's what, i'm sorry dang it <laughs> i want to come in real quick and say man this goji bullies the crap out of baragon He's a meanie. I don't he's like, he stops, he he's stops so just short of giving Baragon a swirly. Uh, he's he's a mean old Godzilla. He's very, very angry all the time, uh, as you can tell by his pure white eyes. Yeah. Um, just raging so, there. So, uh, yeah, so he, he defeats Bar- Baragon. Uh, earlier in the film, I missed a little thing. Uh, Mothra also shows up as a, as a little a dog for a split second and then yeah. becomes a cocoon. <laughs> as she does uh, as we are learning uh from the old what the old man told us and through various visuals during the film uh basically the monsters are waking up not just because godzilla is coming but also because uh teenagers are destroying teenagers. the planet uh basically Spe- there's <laughs> specifically teenagers are destroying the planet gen x man <laughs> I no mean... one else it's just these radical teens <laughs> I was making an Ivan Ooze reference specifically with that. Teenagers. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, we're, we learn that these little statues are getting broken by the teens, and that's what's allowing the monsters to wake up. Uh, Ghidorah also gets woken up. Uh, who He was basically under, he's frozen under some ice. The old man, after the Baragon sequence, uh, goes there to wake him up, throws the statue on the ground, and it cracks, and Ghidorah wakes up. Um, so, of course, as is usual, Godzilla is heading towards Tokyo. Our intrepid reporter is following along beside him, recording everything that's happening. Yes, Her father, she is. who is in the military, uh, is uh, basically, he's not in charge, uh, which is very, very interesting with his character. He's not the one that's actually in charge of the attacks against Godzilla, to like, defend against Godzilla. He's like... He's like the second in charge, I guess, is how it seems. Uh, so he's, he's pretty high kind up of a, there. He's high up he's there, a, but he's like... He's at all the official meetings with the prime minister and the minister of defense. But he like, <laughs> everything he says is like usually like stopped down. Like he's like, oh, we got to set up this line of defense. And they're just like... And they're like, shut up. We need the prime minister's approval. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Godzilla arrives in Tokyo. Uh, we get to our big climax. Uh, Ghidorah and Mothra both show up. Uh Unfortunately, uh, neither of them really stand a chance. Uh, Even with Godzilla, all of CGI Mothra's new CGI powers? Yes. Uh, Godzilla uh, gets shot with these missiles that we saw earlier in the film that are drill missiles. They drill into his skin, but they can't penetrate uh, his flesh still because he's just too 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 strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Godzilla so wipes cool. out the military. 
starts heading to try and destroy the carrier where Yuri's uh, father is. And right when uh, he's about to blast it, I guess he hears Mothra behind him, turns, kills Mothra. Uh, <laughs> just just oof. obliterates her. <laughs> but again, everything is going according to her plan. Yes. Uh, yes, uh, my five-step like, plan to defeat Godzilla. <laughs> in, in, in fact, uh, I would posit that Michael Daughtry saw this movie for several of the scenes involving Mothra because oh, Mothra sure. turns into fairy dust. And flies over to Ghidorah, wakes Ghidorah up, does a cool, like, flapping his wings out for the first time sequence, uh, injures Godzilla by basically reflecting Godzilla's beam back at him. Yeah. Um, And the military comes up with a good idea of, hey, Godzilla's injured. There's a big old wound in his shoulder. If we can hit that with one of our drill missiles, we can penetrate it and cause him some real damage, possibly kill him. So they go into some subs, go under the water, go after him. They miss with their first missile. It hits Ghidorah and knocks him down, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, oh, it's boy. It's a copy of errors at the end of this part. <laughs> really? Yeah. Whoops. Um, whoopsies. <laughs> um, oh, Colonel Shojika was really going to... He's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so he... So Ghidorah gets knocked down. Uh, Godzilla basically just brushes him aside. He grabs onto the sub. He's, like, shaking it around. Um, the, uh, Yuri is actually on a bridge, uh, above where the fighting is happening, trying to get a shot because she's an idiot. Uh, Godzilla blasts she's the intrepid. bridge. <laughs> Godzilla blasts the bridge with a beam. Uh, it starts to collapse. Uh, Ghidorah on the bottom of the ocean gets, uh, the last piece of the statue falls onto him and basically awakens his full true power. Uh, he flies out of the water, starts actually shooting his gravity beams, uh, and unfortunately for him, <laughs> the gravity beams were the worst possible thing that he could do. Godzilla starts absorbing the gravity beams into his spines, yeah, that and happens. gets super powered <laughs> up, and blasts Ghidorah once, and he just explodes in a glorious explosion with gold flakes falling down from the sky. Yeah. Uh, Something weird happens, which I will talk about in my least favorite moments. Oh, hey, uh, okay, same. <laughs> uh, so uh, Godzilla kind of sinks to the bottom. Uh, oh, I forgot to say, Godzilla did eat the sub earlier. Uh, yeah, he chomped with, down the sub and made a cartoon gulp sound. <laughs> yes. Um, he So inside, the, the uh, Yuri's father wakes up, fires the drill missile from the inside, as Godzilla is standing above Yuri, about to blast them to smithereens, because he's this Godzilla knows he he picks out people on the ground. This Godzilla yes. like looks at people and is like, "I'm going to kill specifically you." For you look some like you're reason. important to the plot. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, the missile juts out of his neck and explodes. It makes a giant hole in his neck. He tries to fire his beam. It fires out of his neck. Uh, he does it multiple times because he's just like, what is happening? Falls under the bottom of the ocean as the sub with her father escapes. He looks up and tries to fire his beam one more time. And then all we're left with is a giant explosion and Godzilla <laughs> disappears. Uh, cut to a really overly dramatic ending with uh, the father being like the guardian monsters and like gives a salute, salute. them. Don't thank then- me. Thank the JDF. And the Guardian Monsters. And then he salutes the ocean. 
Yes. And then uh, <laughs> the final shot we are left with, of course, is the camera pa- panning underneath the waves, going slowly through the wreckage of the bridge, and all we see is a heart, and it starts to beat to the Godzilla actual main theme, uh, the Kube theme, uh, hinting that he is just going to regenerate once again. <laughs> hey, Ooh. how come... Is it just the current like cinematic landscape where everyone now is like, why isn't there a Shin Godzilla too? But like, there wasn't like a huge push for a GMK part two. I think there was at some oh. point, um, but I, I I don't know if that was mostly just like a like we want to see Kaneko come back <laughs> type of idea. Oh, yeah. Fair. Uh, like, I you don't know, think I, he wants to come back. I don't think he really wanted to be at G Fest last year either. <laughs> <laughs> I would I have loved. I would have loved to see another another one with super evil Godzilla. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that would have been a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> Just keep summoning even more guardian spirits to fight him. <laughs> I don't know who we got people, left. A lot of people have actually said that uh, or used this to uh, to be a, like for like a lot of fan fictions and stuff. Have oh. used this as a jumping off point for a Godzilla versus Gamera film. Mm. Like, um, this would have been the perfect way to do that because who's yeah. the ultimate guardian monster? You know, <laughs> it's Gamera. Yeah. So you just have Godzilla <laughs> be evil as hell again, and there you go. Uh, <laughs> oh, that'd be that'd be good. Yeah. So. So would you like me to take you through the characters? Yes, please. Please do. All right. So let's start off with our main characters. Uh, Yuri Tachibana. Uh, our main character and throwback quirky reporter from the Shoa, but this time a Gen Xer. Uh, <laughs> she wears flannel. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> so a grunge. She's got a Nirvana shirt. Um, so Rob, she's please. Leader... She likes Bratmobile. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, wow! Wow! That's a deep cut. That's a deep got him. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Uh, She's lead reporter at uh, uh, BS Digital Q, which stands for Bridgestone Q. I did not know that. Um, And she's the boots on the ground character for basically the second half of the movie on. Like, we follow her as, like, giant monster stuff is happening. She is always nearby recording it. Including Um, the Tokyo sequence where she gets blasted away by Godzilla's (laughs) beam, like, twice. Yes. (laughs) Uh, She's got a heck of a lot of personality. She's, like... uh, party girl who's just kind of like not really connected to the seriousness of what she's doing at first she does kind of grow towards the end but she's you know she's like a very bombastic main character well yeah she's she's the uh she's 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 the reporter for this this like like we said the worldwide news or whatever like she's the (laughs) she's not she's not working for this like yeah, she's not working for a big like known. No, bridge. She's not Stone, BS Digital. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's definitely like a small, young, independent like news organization. So um, you can tell like she's that she's that kind of person like that's like she's not a big reporter, but she can sense that this could be yeah the big report. Like it's a big knows, scoop. Yeah, this is the big scoop. If I am yeah. the one on the ground with this, and I know all about the Guardian monsters, and I can keep track of everything. Well, because like, early on, she's the one who's like trying to set up the like monster mystery. When they're yeah. first recording, uh, she's like, 
talking and it's like oh yeah and like we're here at this location and like there's a legend about a monster here wink wink and then like her co-recorder like uh dudes like throw a rock into the river and she goes what was that you know yeah like she's definitely like looking for something to like be a big news piece to get her and out of she the, finds it yeah yeah to get her out of the yeah yeah, yeah. um and like uh, she oh go ahead she's also like like has like a scene where she's like it's really tough being like a lady, you know, like a woman at BS Digital because they just expect us to run around and like do things for all the men, you know? Yeah. So like she does have like kind of like an awareness of like, which by the way is a scene they cut out of the original American release. Yep. Of course Talking they did. Sexism. Not allowed. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, like she's a, she's a really good, she's a good character for, like to to follow. Like I, I like I like her character a lot. Like I think that her character is very interesting, uh, especially because at the beginning, like they show her as a person before we get to all the kaiju stuff. Yeah. So yeah, before like, we even see her as a reporter, we see her, you know, stumbling home, drunk, <laughs> drunk yes. with a, with stick the help a pin, of a coworker. Stick a uh, stick a pin in how her portrayal is shown throughout the movie, uh, because that's very important to something I want to talk about at the end of characters. Okay. Um, let's move on to her father, Taizo Tachibana, uh, Yuri's dad. <coughs> yes. He's the admirable of the SDF and he's absolutely action dad. Um, just like the super noble wise, like, you know, like super yeah. brave dude. Uh, like you said, he was the one who like f- drives his submarine into Godzilla's mouth. Yeah, he um, does. We do find out over the course of the film that he was around during the original 54 attack as a little a kid and very was like, effective scene. Yes. Like, like saw the whole, like, you know, basically get separated from his family as people are trying to run away from Godzilla. And like, you see this little kid looking up at the unshown. They don't show what 54 Godzilla looks like, which I thought was good. Um, but the sky is like pure red. Yes. And like it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's very scary. Like, it's played as horror. Yeah. Like that yeah, scene yeah. is very horrifying. Yeah. Um, since we were talking about Star Trek earlier, you know who uh, Action Dad reminds me of? Who? He's very wharf like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> extremely stoic. Yeah. Has two spines. Uh, yeah. Especially, especially since he, like I was saying earlier, he's not the one in charge of all the military stuff. So he also <laughs> does kind of do the wharf thing where he's just kind of standing there, like in the he background. He just kind of grumbles when they, <laughs> when they decide to do something he doesn't approve of. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And also driving a, a, a submarine into Godzilla is a very wharf move, I think. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, I wrote down here, pulls a very Biolante move. Uh, the intravenous stuff is no good for you. Stick to smoking. Yeah. Uh, but with a, a submarine. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Today is Except a good he, day he to die. He does survive it, though. He, he survives does survive. It. That's yeah, true. Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. But just like to... how Worf survived the Battle of Wolf 859. I think I got those numbers wrong. Someone's going to come for me about that. <laughs> that feels accurate. Yeah. Anyway, um, next. Uh, Tarukai uh, Takeda, uh, who's a huge nerd, an absolute dork, and Yuri's coworker, and deeply <laughs> in the friend zone. Um, well, no, Taru- Tarukai is the Taruaki is uh, Tar- Teruaki Takeda. Did I get the name backwards? Yeah, you, no, you got the name right. The, he's but you got the character wrong. He's the glasses guy. He's oh, the yeah. novelist guy that's with her the entire movie. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah. Also, yeah. Her the friend zone fake. carries her back when she's drunk. Well, no, because the, the no the her her cameraman is the one that's in the friend zone. Remember, they're both like nerds that like her and seem to ha- like she has like no time for them. True, yeah, she's not <laughs> interested in I, them. I didn't even bother writing the cameraman's name down because his his character trait is cameraman who smiles at her. I just um, felt like I felt like his character wasn't necessarily like he wasn't like in love with her. He was almost like too. Even if there was an attraction there, because he is such a nerdy dude, like he's not going to even know, like mm. it, that it's there. You also, know he's I mean? terrified of her dad. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> which yeah, me uh, too. But the way he answered the door, I mean, you'd, you'd just be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bulk of his screen time is uh, spent revealing uh, plot details that are important to the rest of the story, uh, smiling dumbly at Yuri or carrying her while she's unconscious. Uh, and uh, uh he's despite the one that he's, he's uh, the one he's that brought in... oh sorry go ahead finish yeah. sorry uh sorry uh despite all that he is still like love brave where he'll just like like yuri's in danger i've got to go do it even though he's portrayed as like an absolute nerd and like awkward and scared in every other instance but it's like I'll carry her home when she's drunk. I'll go face Godzilla because she's involved in this. And that makes him like a pretty charming character to watch. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. so like uh, one one really important thing to note about him uh, is he is the one that brings up the Guardian Monsters for the first time. Uh, he shows up with the, the book that they use for the rest yeah. of it that shows the three Guardian Monsters. He's the one that's done the research into them. So he's the one that knows, you know, Ghidorah is based on Orochi, uh, you know, back in the day. Uh, yeah, and like all that kind of stuff. He's the one that knows where all the monsters were going to appear. He's the one that knows which ones are wi- like it. I don't know. That's that's his job. Like you were saying earlier, he is kind of that plot guy to a certain yeah. extent. Plot. He had his hands on the script. He ran in and said, "Hey, here's the script." And then they figured out, like, oh, they're guardian monsters. Oh, cool. Okay, they read ahead a little bit with his help. But it, but it's not as like it. it like you said, he still comes off as like kind of a charming character. Like it's not, it, yeah. it's not annoying. Like when you usually no. talk about exposition characters, they're like, it's like, you know? uh, okay, okay. <laughs> it feels supernatural because he's well, not supernatural. It feels very Ooh. natural. Like it's also very, he's very a ghost. Well. Whoa! Oh, speaking of ghosts, let's talk about. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, my my plan to segue went perfectly. <laughs> uh, Hirotoshi. Uh, Iziyama, the prophet, uh, who's an old man or a ghost. Uh, he has intimate knowledge of Godzilla uh, and seems to be someone who has witnessed to the 54 attack, uh, as well as intimate knowledge of like all the other kaiju. He's like seems to have some kind of connection with them. He's there when Ghidorah wakes up. He like makes eye contact with Baragon before Baragon's like, I'm gonna go fight Godzilla. Um, and uh, at the very end, after the like fight is finished, um, at the very end, once the fight is finished, uh, he literally vanishes from the film. I. <laughs> 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 uh, that he sounds does. like a joke. I mean that narratively and literally, he vanishes we, from the story. We watch him fade away. Well, he literally, what happens is this, the Ghidorah waking up sequence happens and he gets crushed by rocks, quote unquote. Yeah. And then he's gone because that's just the end. And then like at the end of the movie, they literally are just like, yeah, that guy's been dead for 60 years or whatever. He's been yeah. dead for years. 60 years. And also years. he's gone from the film that like, yeah. we recorded of him. 
And it's like, <laughs> whoa, that's a weird like additional thing to add to this narrative. <laughs> that's, what? A, that's a mean thing for the ghost to do. <laughs> um, we have some secondary characters that still have like some plot importance. Uh, whether they like actually drive the plot forward or not is a little bit up to question, but I wanted to add them just because they're fun to talk about. Um, so the first is the owner of the, uh, uh, Bridgestone Q, uh, Harukai, uh, Kata, uh, Kadokura. Um, Man, this is a, this is a Kaneko character. Love <laughs> <Absolutely>. this guy. <laughs> Extremely Kaneko. He's like super like, like way, like plays it way too cool and like has beautiful quaffed long hair he's always like smoking inside the second anything looks kind of bad he's like trying to make sure his hair looks okay uh he's just a huge nerd i love him i love this character so much fantastic he's always eating like dried squid or octopus octopus yeah (laughs) and he's the one that for no reason says you know my sister my wife's sister was trampled by godzilla (laughs) you know my wife's sister was trampled by godzilla um uh next we've got well, hold uh, on one last thing ooh. with him yeah uh probably the most interesting narrative thing from that character is he is the one that's just like why wouldn't we cover this and lets them cover the attack like because yeah. the the second in charge guy that was like the guy who threw the rock in the previous like in the beginning of the movie <laughs> was like we can't cancel everything we can't do that we just can't and he stands up from behind him out of nowhere and it's just like why can't we cancel it <laughs> It's it's a giant monster. What are you talking? This is about? exactly yeah. our whole thing. <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's that's important. Uh, like yeah. he, that's the only thing he does narratively. That's like actually like <laughs> impacts the plot at all. But anyway, next. Uh, so next we have uh, uh, Kumi. Uh, we, there's like a lot of special defense force characters, uh, all of which are not like highlighted names in IMDb. So I couldn't confirm who was what <laughs> character. The only person I could confirm is a character named Kumi, who is uh, a member of the Special Defense Force, who it's the lady member who's just like seems to have a really close connection with Taizo. Also, like, maybe she's, a crush. Maybe, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Romantic he's a very story. handsome man. He, yeah. <laughs> and like when it looks like he's going to get hurt or die, like she's crying. Um, uh, he salutes the ocean. Member. She's also crying. Yes. <laughs> uh there's also another member of the special defense force who's kind of like i could not find which character this was but the older guy who's like way more of the comic relief special defense force character uh-huh. uh who's mostly there to be like oh but i can't believe that they killed that character oh, they just did that um uh who's yeah just there for shocked reactions but i could not find his name so he's not that important uh, the next is going to be the suicidal salary man who is extremely plot relevant. Oh uh, yeah. Vital hey. to the plot. <laughs> hey, it's y- <laughs> Yuki Jiro, Yuki uh, the detective from the Hezai Gamera series, but now he's a yeah, salary man and he's very sad. Um, this once man, again, <laughs> once again, playing a character who is not believed by anyone. <laughs> I, I love this man. <laughs> I feel like every single time he's shown up in any monster movie, he's been like my favorite character. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, d- I actually did not know this. Uh, I'm looking at his IMDb. Uh, so, you know, the unreleased Gamera 4, right? The one yeah. we'll never get to see. Did you know he was in it? He's, he starred in it. Yeah, yeah. of course he was in it. 
He was like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, I'll be a part of that. Why not? <laughs> oh, fans? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he's he's a bit part in this, but he's great. Uh, yeah. Even just for the little bit that he's there. Um, <laughs> so um, do you have anybody else? Because I have a couple. The last, the last one I'm going to give a shout out to are the twins. Oh, cool. That was what I was going to bring up. Uh, <laughs> They're actual real life twins, and uh, one of them is an actress who is in both of the battle royals and now does a bunch of anime voices. Oh, um, the other is just her sister that is also a twin. Uh, a lot Did of importance is given to them, like screen time wise. You know, it shows them off. It's a reference. You know, it's just like yeah, the yeah. King of the Monsters reference. Once again, yeah, you a lot it. of weird connections to King of the Monsters on rewatch yeah. of this movie. Um, but uh, so. Uh, something else to know or to be interested uh, is uh, the twins uh, previously appeared together as Gamera and Mother Legion, respectively. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were in the yeah. suits. I guess so. <laughs> cool. They were the suit actors. That's rad. Uh, yeah. Let me let me look at this. Wait a minute. A little bit I, saw more. Some, I saw. Oh, wait. Sorry. I... Not not. a uh, Sorry. Uh, Yoshida was yeah, Mizuho yeah. Yoshida. Mizuho Yoshida Sorry, was. I'm reading was a different. Religion. I was too far down. I read a different thing, <laughs> but it is interesting. Uh, so uh, the the actors who portrayed Ghidorah and Baragon, which Cameron will talk about in a split second, yeah. uh, played Gamera and Legion in Gamera Two. Uh, oh, but the other thing that I wanted to bring up is Cameron. Yeah, you might know this guy. Uh-huh. Did you recognize? Did you recognize the other military guy, the guy that was in the other sub, like the second in command oh, guy? Yes. Did you recognize him at all? Because he is from a show that I know you have seen. <laughs> I did, but I can't place him. Please tell me who he is. He He's is from one of the Common Riders, right? Yes. Common Rider Din O. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was he uh was he a scientist voice of man. one of the Imagine or was he uh Let me It says he's a scientist. Yeah. I don't know. What let me, scientist? Let me find out exactly. Hold on. <laughs> or doctor something. Yeah, he was Gao. Gao is his name. Oh, never mind. Oh, he was in one of the uh, one of the movies. Yeah. Ooh. As the uh, <laughs> yeah, as the antagonist. Oh, that's cool. Oh, anyway, that's cool. He played a, ga- a Gator Train themed common rider. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to see Amazing. that. Amazing. <laughs> uh. But yeah, that's Let's it see. for the characters. Unless you guys had any uh, oh. that you really wanted to shout out. Oh. Sorry, I okay. That's the I I read too far down, and now I've gone back <laughs> up to the actual oh. cameo. Okay, so <laughs> the twins, the twins. One of the two twins we should recognize because she is from Gamera Three. Oh, uh, actress Ai and Aki uh, Mado cameo as the two twin girls. Uh, Ai Mado. Uh, portrayed Ayana, oh. aka the villain character in oh, yeah. three. Oh, that I the responded that with. Yes. Way too intimate with Iris. Yep. Yeah. And then Aki Maria, uh, Maida actually played a small role in Gamera 2 as just a bit part. So they were oh. both, they'd already both worked for <laughs> Kaneko <laughs> before showing up as the twins in this movie for a brief second. Uh, Do you think he was like, <laughs> wait, you have a twin? <laughs> Get her in here. <laughs> Bring her in. <laughs> Can she yell at monsters? Awesome. Get her in here. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I mean, the, the, that's, yeah, that's pretty much all the cast. I mean, there's, like you said, there's a bunch of like bit part uh, yeah. characters, but none of them really. And there's a lot of like fun references. Like all the suit actors got to play background characters that had a few lines. So that was really fun. Yeah. Um, but like those were the narratively important characters and yeah. like interesting ones that I like could find immediate connections to. <laughs> yeah. And there's a reason why I, f- I mainly focused on Yuri and the uh, her father, because they're the, really the narrative drives for the entire yeah. plot. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm sending you guys a picture of uh, Kamen Rider Gao, <laughs> so that you can see the ridiculous costume he wears, and this isn't even his rider suit. Cameron, this is just a picture of your dog, but with yeah. a, a backwards baseball cap on. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, well that I feel like I've a learned lot. a lot today. Yeah, there he is. All right. Oh my but, god! Yes, but, but you'll see it's a it's a Mets baseball cap. That is perfect. And yeah. yes, that's definitely that same guy. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I know that jawline anywhere. Uh, he has a very so distinct good. jawline. No, no joke. Uh, okay. Uh, well, Cameron, guess what we're yes. at? Are we are we ready to talk about the babies? Here we are. <laughs> All right. So I've thought a lot about this, and I think I'm going to go in order of appearance, but I'm going to save Goji for last. Okay. okay. And um, I did that so I could... It is that he shows up only at the very end of the film. I thought that <laughs> was is, a, yeah. a strange directorial choice, but... <laughs> and he's, he's just a heart. Two minutes. That's so weird. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> fights an invisible Godzilla. Um, <laughs> so in order of appearance, excluding Goji until the very end, because it's his movie, um, and I, I did this so that I could immediately talk about Baragon because this is my favorite Baragon <laughs> and, uh, it did, st- I, this became my favorite Baragon because of the behind the scenes video of, uh, Ota <laughs> roaring in place of, uh, Baragon's yes. actual roar, Absolutely. which is the greatest <laughs> thing on this earth. <laughs> it's even better than the picture of my dog wearing a backward baseball cap. <laughs> Uh, so this one, I mean, the Baragon is similar to Showa. The uh, proportions are a little different, and there's something about this design that I buy more as a real creature. Yeah, um, I agree. They, yeah, like the limbs are more in proportion with the body. The forearms are a little bit beefier. The eyes are a little bit smaller. Um Baragon doesn't breathe fire, which is unfortunate. We probably could have used that in the fight with the big G. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that this Baragon doesn't really get up on two legs much. Yeah, yeah. this Baragon stays on all fours. And yeah. they do a good job of... Because it does the, the Anguirus thing where she's on her hands and knees. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But they don't draw but, too much attention to the back legs. Correct. Uh, yeah, they, we mostly they only the see shots it. right. Yeah, they frame the shots right. We really only see those back legs when Baragon does her mighty leap. <laughs> her great... And she climbs up on the top rope and tries to give uh, Goji just a flying press. Oh, boy. Um, and it doesn't work out. <laughs> no. Um, One of the things I really like about this design is the two ridges of, like, not spines, but, like, the, rec- like the squares yeah. of plates on her back. Yeah. That go down like on like either side of like her spine really love that look yeah that's yeah. a very nice uh sort of something they brought over from the 
yeah. from the Showa design. Like everything about this Baragon is just tweaked a little from Showa to make it look a little more appealing, I think, to a modern audience. And yeah. something I noticed that I really like that I just noticed on this this sort of viewing, um, Baragon's uh, horn, which is almost a little translucent, but has a very yeah. nice kind of orange amberish color, which looks mm-hmm. really great against Baragon's uh, bright red skin. Yeah. Also, going down her head is almost a mohawk of little spines yeah, made yeah. of a similar material, and that looks really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, and she's yeah. got her, her big floppy ears that she puts up when she's you know about to really get down to business. Yeah, when she roars, her, her ears like <sighs> pop out and like yeah. they flop <laughs> forward. It's so good. They flop forward. It's really great. Um, they don't cover her face. Unfortunately, like we saw in the uh, in the art there. Oh yeah, where like her ears would flop down over top of her eyes. Yeah, yeah. that's that's some cool stuff. That's I wish some that cool it stuff. <laughs> I wish that it happened, but it would be hard to take seriously. And this is, for the most part, when it comes to the monsters, a much more you know serious and grim movie. Yeah, I, I, one thing like I I always think of this. Baragon, especially with the actual battle versus Godzilla, uh, I always really think of it like a like a dog, like a like a medium sized dog fighting a human. Like because it's, it's like why this it'll is bite so onto upsetting you to and watch. Let go. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> Baragon just like her her main fighting tactic is to just chomp. Yeah, <laughs> and like she chomps onto like Goji's tail and an arm, and he swings her all around. But this. This fight's honestly hard to watch because, like we said before, Goji's just mean. He's a dirty fighter. <laughs> yeah, and he won't just He's end also it like he way bigger than her. Which way yeah, bigger. We'll, <laughs> we'll get to in like which is why which is cinematography. Why, uh, we have the suit actress that we do have. Uh, oh, because she was uh, because of her short stature, she was chosen to be. Oh. The actress for Baragon because in the sh- small suit she could look she could fit in and do the acting yeah uh, so that's why she was chosen also really important to talk about her for a brief second because she is one of two suit actresses that we have in the entire kaiju genre um, we have her and her name is Rie Ota and mm-hmm. then before her was the actress who was in Super Gauss uh, who is Yumi Kamiyama uh, also a Kaneko film. Did, yeah. Both Kaneko yeah. films. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. He's all yeah. about that representation. <laughs> yeah. And I do, I am going to uh, be sure to, just from this point forward in the show, I want to be sure to include the suot actors because I feel like I don't give them enough credit. That's a good idea. That's yeah. a good, yeah. going um, forward, that's a really good idea. Um, yeah. so, so, so that's Baragon. Uh, one last thing with Baragon, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the like you said, her main ability that she uses in the film is jumping, yep. uh, but she does still dig real, real good. She dig uh, real good, and she dig real fast, and she accidentally kills your motorcycle club. <laughs> it's Sorry. an accident, which is a shame uh, because were... I really like the biker, the Japanese biker gang aesthetic. <laughs> it's, very, it's a good look. It's a good oh, look. Scene is so silly. It's uh, so. Oh man. <laughs> But yeah, she, at one point she digs around Godzilla and he falls into a pit. Uh, that's how fast she can dig. And, now, and with this, I will seal your fate, Godzilla. <laughs> Baragon uh, jump! Car- uh, Cameron, who we got next? So next we have uh, Mothra A. Mothra Larva Ooh. form, <laughs> which we mostly see uh, 
when uh, some teenagers, for some reason, find a random dog and the dog is barking and they're like, we got to drown this dog. <laughs> Man, Kaneko hates teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Is Man, this how he views all teenagers? Are all bad guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. But that yeah, scene they, is very sad. It's, it's very <laughs> sad. But what's good about it is that um, as they row out in the middle of the lake to drown this dog, I don't understand why they. Whatever. <laughs> they row out in the middle of a lake and the boat gets capsized and they get eaten by. <laughs> The Mothra larva in her righteous fury, because how dare they injure one of, you know, the <laughs> Earth's perfect creatures, a little Shiba Inu. It's very true. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, they also, they, they went the route, by the way, we forgot to mention this earlier, but they went the route that Gamera went, where the creatures aren't guardians of the people, they're guardians of... Yeah, they're of guardians of the Earth. Earth. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't care about people. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> um. But yeah, we do get a we get a cool shot of uh, the Mothra larva head on, just sort of charging out of the lake uh, to finish off the teens on the beach. This is a violent Mothra. <laughs> it's, I mean, this Mothra like larval form is just larva marfa, Mothra. In fact, yeah. it is actually just a prop from Rebirth of Mothra that they still have lying around uh oh well then yeah it looks just like a basic larval like turd mothra like that hard shell brown smooth little tiny blue eyes eyes. yeah blue eyes yeah little chomper mouth m&m's glued to it yeah yep little jelly beans uh (laughs) yeah and if you guys want a more in-depth uh description of the suit you can listen to our return of mothra episode um (laughs) <laughs> the, the the trilogy like three hour episode that me and rob did me rob and marissa did a long yeah. time ago long and ago. the second episode me and marissa were ever on was a threefer <laughs> a threefer about learn oh that boy. lesson just a, just about a lot of things um yeah so uh after mothra comes out she immediately puts herself in a cocoon she's like i've got a schedule to stick to uh, yes kyle <laughs> this okay <laughs> this cocoon <laughs> you know what it, it looks, looks like, like a bra no yes no? but no you know what it a also tooth. it looks like a packing peanut i was yes, seconds away seconds just... away from saying it's a packing peanut <laughs> yeah on the ground <laughs> very fair very it true looks really silly to be perfectly yeah. honest we only see it for one like like two shots, like whenever the Mothra comes out and the, uh, the, what it most looks like a packing peanut is the first shot we see of it where it's a helicopter shot above it on, yeah. laying on the lake. And it just, it's just, that's what it looks like. It's just, it's a peanut. Like it's not, <laughs> it's a big, it's a peanut. Um, yeah. So when Mothra comes out, so this Mothra is a puppet and yes. CGI exclusively. Um, and it's kind of a cool, as far as the scenes that we've seen of Mothra coming out of cocoons, um, I really enjoy this because like her 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 wings are very soft and folded over, but then like sort of fold out, and we get that nice like whoop, and we get to see the nice new co- cool colors that they put on her. There is a purple and yellow pattern on the top wings. Right. And a more orange and yellow one on the bottom wings, and then the big eye spots. Yeah, that, that our that our girls got. As far as the rest of her design, she's got very skinny legs, and they've completely redesigned her abdomen. 
to put a uh, stinger on it. Yes. So yeah. She can use her her needle barrage. Yes. Against Goji, her super move. <laughs> she's also. The... Oh, go ahead. Go, no, go. You go ahead. I was going to say she's fast. Oh, she's fast. she's she's Zips. very fast. What I was going to say is uh, uh, one of the most distinguishing things about this design is that she's she's not fuffy. Like she's got like a like a it's almost like scaly. A, yeah, almost like, like a, a, a carapace. Yeah, yeah, like the we we used the word last episode, but like a chitin like kind of armor plating on her Mm -hmm. uh like that like she looks she looks like a weird combination of like a wasp and a moth like literally this version has that same because she has the really long legs like wasps yeah really long really skinny legs and the big old like uh abdomen stinger on the bottom Mm -hmm. so it's like this weird it's 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 probably one of the more unique unique mother designs in the toho movies yeah yeah you can see a lot of this design influencing how legendaries mothra kind of shook out i think oh yeah you know once again a lot of gmk a lot of of king of the monsters in uh, in king of the monsters (laughs) Mm -hmm. and a lot of reptilian also oh my god (laughs) (laughs) Um, we don't have time she has uh so she has Instead of her traditional blue eyes, she has more of like a purplish eye, uh, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's got lovely eyes that have a nice sort of like backlit <laughs> glow to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, her antenna are interesting because they're like the yeah. more traditional moth, like fuzzy. Yeah. They're yeah. very fuzzy and they're very close to her uh, big old moth head. Yeah. They're like, they're like on her, like the bridge of where her nose would be. Instead yeah. of like on the top yeah. of her head, um, yeah. Um, her mouth parts look about the same. Yeah, <laughs> her mouth parts um, always. Her, her mouth parts always look the same. They're always the little. Um, man, I wish I didn't have to say mouth parts ever again. <laughs> what do you call that? I don't know. The that's what you call term. them. I just don't like mandibles. I guess mandibles. Yeah, probably mandibles is correct. But yeah, you guys ever. Uh, there was an episode of Planet Earth where David Attenborough says mouthpots, and it's very upsetting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Attenborough saying mouthparts is different from us saying yeah. mouthparts. Attenborough <laughs> saying mouthparts is it was soothing, but also sent a chill down my spine. Anyway, hey, speaking of soothing and chills down spines, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, how is so, that a segue? <laughs> I'll take it. To get get me out of this mouth part hole I'm in. Um, <laughs> so, Ghidorah, the great King Ghidorah, uh, played in this film by Akira Ohashi. Yes. This is... I don't <sighs> love this Ghidorah. <laughs> this is a stubby Ghidorah. This is this a Ghidorah short... Is small. This is a small, small Ghidorah. Yeah, he's, he's compact. Small. He's travel size. He's a small. He's got yeah. stubbier legs... Uh, thicker necks that don't sort of flop around as much, uh, much smaller wings that are, for the yeah. most part, just kind of flopped down, dragging behind him. His heads are... I like his heads. The head design... It, uh, is interesting. It's, it's interesting. interesting. Okay. It Hang has... Let's, oh. let's take this from the bottom up, because I think, that I, think okay. I have a lot to say about different parts of this design. So we're, okay. so we're, we're, we're starting with the feet. Up. Ha. We're starting with the feet. To the east head. So at the, starting at the feet. 
Okay, so the cool thing, I will give the design this. The cool, the coolest thing the feet does is it gives it dragon feet. It has, like, the digitrid, uh, like, the backwards ankle dinosaur ankle thing, uh, which is unique to this design uh, for Ghidorah outside of the MonsterVerse. Uh, yeah. So, so I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I will give it that much. Um, however, <laughs> moving up to its thighs, it immediately mm. gets, like, Literally like chicken leg thighs, like or like chicken legs. Like it looks yeah. like like skinny, skinny, skinny. Bam. Yeah, just big old like honking chicken leg thighs. Uh, like a medieval then, times then, turkey leg. Turkey legs, yeah, turkey legs as well. Yeah, it, it just it's not it's not great. Um, it's not great. Its chest is fine. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a little small. Like we were we were talking about the design in general being small, but I feel like its chest is shorter than usual. So I think it's like it makes it look more compact, like than it yeah. should. And then it kind of looks like you took uh, like a Photoshop image and you just squished a Ghidorah down. Right? Yeah, you kind of were just like, <laughs> yeah, let's just squish it. This Guido's <laughs> too tall. I'm gonna squish him. And, um, and also, am... so the oh, go ahead. I I just wanted to mention so the design for this one, you can very clearly see that the actor inside is manipulating two heads with his arms and then the other is where his head would be so they're in a more they were kind they were offset in heisei to yes. where one head was above the other two but they are like triangular in this one yeah, yeah. It, it looks like a triangle like yeah from the top head to the side ones it's not i the head okay the next the next being the way they are we were talking about this a little bit before hand um but the difference between what makes it not look great with the heads the are the left and right arm heads specifically is Hmm. when they gave this Ghidorah like they gave him kind of like a more hunched over posture whenever he's on the ground looking at this Ghidorah hurts my back (laughs) yeah oh yeah no yeah he's he's like hunched like this you know like uh, once again I'm doing a physical motion in a audio medium you know like this (laughs) (laughs) but uh, because of that, he always looks like, on one hand, it could have looked like he was on the attack, but instead, it just looks goofy. And I don't have an actual explanation for why it looks like that, but it does. Um, he's never, he's not supposed to be threatening, per se, in this movie, because he is a good guy. But, mm-hmm. like, I just don't feel the threat to Godzilla from this Ghidorah. Like, I don't they build Ghidorah up in this movie as like the last great hope of the guardian monsters to be able to defeat Godzilla. And then like, he doesn't really do anything to stand up to that. Like he just kind of wipes the floor with this dude. <laughs> he gets some good shocks in, but that's pretty yeah, much it. A couple, but then his, um, his big weapon just ends up being, you know, healing and powering up Godzilla. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so I'll talk, we'll talk about the heads because the heads are pretty cool to talk about. Yeah, the um, heads are pretty neat. Um, you can see the Varen that the uh, that the the suit sculptor put in there. He's got Varen nose, uh, most notably, kind of Vareny eyes, but still that big long Ghidorah snoot. Yes, and I think the most notable thing: uh, each of the heads has these great big canine fangs. <sighs> Which look goofy as hell. <laughs> Which Super look kind of like buck teeth. It's <laughs> a little funny. funny. Yeah. Because, okay, and I can tell you exactly what the problem is with it. <laughs> so, 
the two the teeth are not part of his jaw. They're not yeah. part of his actual mouth. They're actually up on. They're like tusks that just go yes. down. Yeah, so they're they like walrus come tusks. <laughs> they come out like right underneath his nose, but then he has Gorsh. a normal mouth underneath of it. So it's it just looks goofy, and they yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Especially seeing him from the front, like the guitar, yeah. does not look great from the front. Where's uh, Godzilla? I'm gonna hook him up. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I will give they, credit to the horns, the horn aspect. Yeah, I love that's the next thing I was going to talk about. Back, they brought back the the uh, crescent moon horn on the top of. Yeah, his head. they brought the the show a crescent on each of their foreheads. I love that. I love that. That's a design that I feel like it's like taken out from most Ghidorah designs. Uh, but when it's there, it looks so good. Uh, <laughs> but just, uh, just looking at it, I can hear the beady beaties. So he's got, oh, we'll talk about the roars in a second, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the last thing to talk about real quick with him before we move on uh, is the, the wings. You briefly the mentioned how wings. small they were. Small, uh, droopy, terrible wings. They also change size, uh, like in the, in the reveal don't, sequence. They don't look any better. In the reveal sequence, which is actually objectively, I mean, it's terrible CG, but it's actually a really cool like wing no, reveal sequence. No, it's super sequence. rad. Uh, where he unfurls his wings because beforehand all, he kept them behind his back. Like I guess he couldn't use them. I don't know, they but they say he droopy. flew. They weren't like fully. They were like malformed. Yeah. He just know? woke up. He's tired. <laughs> um, but then he unfurls the wings, and it's like they're super big, and like it actually makes the design look pretty good. Uh, and then like immediately cuts back to. Ghidorah inside the little orb magic thing that he's got going on and his wings are the stubby little wings of the suit and you're just like what the hell like what just happened <laughs> and this Ghidorah goes through three or four like Super Saiyan-esque form changes yeah which and still none of is them... no match for Godzilla yeah none yeah. of them really <laughs> make him any threat whatsoever yeah uh, I don't know it's it's not my favorite but anyway yeah. we can it's move on just to my favorite it... Yeah, seeing it in motion is weird, but enough. Enough of the stalling. It's time for the big show. (laughs) That's right. Famed WCW wrestler Big Show is in the movie, and he fights all the monsters with his big, big hands. No, this is Godzilla, actually. Yes. Did you guys know Godzilla's in this one? What? What? (laughs) Yeah, so this Godzilla um, is based on... The original 1954, uh, just with the whole, you know, this is that Godzilla, but he's been resurrected by the angry souls of everyone who died in the Pacific War. I have, I have, a, I have a whole topic about that. We'll save that for after yeah. we talk about the design. <laughs> Which they only ever call the Pacific War, but we'll... We'll deal we'll with talk that. About that in a second. We'll, <laughs> we'll, get we'll there. talk about it because it's it's a definitely that that is a thing that people misconceive about this Godzilla a lot. Oh, yeah. I think we need to set this thing straight for this. But anyway, but yeah, this is um, portrayed by uh, Mizuho Yoshida, who was also uh, Mother Legion amongst other big big nasty kaiju in um, the Godzilla and Game Room movies alike. Mm-hmm. This is the one that everybody knows and talks about. He is. Let's start at the ground floor again, okay? Because he's got he's got big old feet. His, and his feet are like huge. His like, feet are <laughs> so big, you guys. 
In comparison like to almost... like the rest of his legs, like his yeah. feet are like uh like you know those monster feet slippers that you can get? Yeah. Like for your you know what I mean? Like where they're just like these huge old stompers. Like that's that's what he's got. He's got a big, big old, old stompers. stompers on his feet. Yeah. <laughs> um now what's really interesting is where the hips where the legs connect to the main body at the hips. Mm-hmm. Because as we said, this was going to be they they toyed with the idea of making this a horizontal design. Yeah. And you can see some of that mobility in the hips of this suit and how Yoshida sort of carries himself as he's moving around. Yes. It's it, it's it feels like what they were trying to do with Ghidorah, but much more successful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like he looks like he's in motion. He looks like he's leaning forward with purpose. Yeah. Like uh like a like a like an on the hunt type deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like like more of a more of a T Rex like Godzilla Saurus type thing. Yeah, I mean this suit especially coming off of uh uh God- the Godzilla 2000 suit, the the um Meyer Goji suit. Yeah, big um, teeth. And then I mean and then going to Tokyo SOS and I know we haven't covered Tokyo SOS and stuff, but that's one of the downsides coming from this uh, going between those two suits and then this one in the middle. This suit is so much more uh mobile. Like he's able to move more in the suit and like the head turns in this suit, which isn't something that like the Meyer Goji suit or the other, like the Meyer Goji suit and the, and the Tokyo SOS and uh, against Mechagodzilla suit literally only moves yeah, like, like up and yeah. down, unless it's the close up shot of the animatronic where there's shots of this, where he turns and moves his head up and it's so effective in making it feel like a real creature. Anyway. Yeah. He's, he's able to do the <laughs> anime thing where like they hit him with drillmuscles in the back and he just kind of like looks over his shoulder at them. um but yeah he's they every every change they made to the suit has been to make him look just meaner um you know he's he's the big rage machine so they gave him the white out whited out eyes the more pronounced claws on his hands and feet Mm -hmm. uh the thing that i always notice first whenever i look at this suit is it's a much bigger mouth with yeah yeah big old chompers yeah multiple scenes that are just straight up like pennywise deadlights where like he'll open up his mouth to charge like his atomic breath but they just have a massive flashlight yeah in the mouth (laughs) just a big old like i think that this is the biggest mouth until we saw shin (laughs) this is a great big mouth it's also a rectangular snoot which is really cool like it's very flat yeah yeah it's very it doesn't have like the you know a lot of a lot of Godzilla designs we can like compare to like animals like you know what yeah. I mean like oh the he- Heisei suit is like a panther look to his face yeah uh, you know uh, Tokyo SOS is like a very wolf like face uh, this one doesn't look like any creature known to man because it's <laughs> it got just yeah. looks like Godzilla square face um, the the thing from the G fifty four uh idea and uh masu goji as well the original yeah. uh, masu goji is the eyebrows mm-hmm. man his big old like smooth eyebrows over his eyes that give him not like the the white eyes are enough but having those eyebrows over them like just gives him a permanent like Scowl. angry look like yeah. he always is angry um also it doesn't help that this godzilla doesn't have lips that can go down over his jaw 
Yeah. So, so it's, it's his teeth are exposed at all times, and mm, he's got yeah. the big old, big old G fifty four fangs back, which were big missing for a while. Yeah. Yeah. The great They're big huge. canines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but these are actual teeth, not walrus tusks like Adora has. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, these are these are chompers. <laughs> these are for real crunchers. Um. So, and I believe the spines are the same, or at least very close to the fifty four spines. So yeah. their design is, for the most part, the different. Okay. The biggest difference with the spines is, is that they're further down his back. Okay. Like, because his neck, like his entire neck and up to his head, there's like the small ridges, but there's nothing until literally right above his shoulder bra- blades. And then his yeah. spikes just kind of start. Like they just kind of come <laughs> out from above okay. his shoulder blades. concentrated, you know? Um, and the, the, I think that came from the design, uh, like multi, uh, combining the designs of the horizontal suit to the stand-up suit, because his head is kind of angled more down, which is more like the horizontal idea, probably. So they probably yeah. kept the head idea and then the back spines from the more traditional upright Godzilla mm. that we were that we got. Yeah. Um, uh, his arm position is a little different uh, as well. Um, a lot of people consider, yeah, the normal, like, you know, you've seen, sh- we've, everyone makes the fun of the shin pose, right? Where your arms are up, but yeah, like, Hey, say is like, literally just turn your arms in, uh, instead of like up. And this Godzilla actually holds his arms like down for the most, his hands yeah. are like down for the most part. Um, and the suit actor really gave a lot of art, like, when he's just walking around, he has a lot of just like general like arm motion moving with the suit. So it makes him once again, it's just the little touches like that that make the suit feel a little bit more alive versus the like other suits in this era. I've got a comparison that only a few people will get. Um, <laughs> the way his arm moves, you know, when um, the Red Ranger would summon the Tyrannosaurus sword. And he would do its big roar and move its arms in a very particular way. It reminds (laughs) me of that, where it's moving them almost like in conjunction with the body, but also doing their own thing and kind of shaking them around. The whole whole suit is so mobile. Yeah. And there's a lot more articulation, I guess. Yeah. And it's it's so bonkers because, like, you have a suit that was created, you know, three years later for Final Wars that they specifically made to be mobile. And yet I feel like there's some scenes in this, like, yeah, he's not doing karate and like jumping around, <laughs> but like the actual movement of the suit, like with the like head movements and the arms and the legs of how much he can like twist yeah. around are more mobile with this suit than they are. The one they specifically designed <laughs> to be mobile. <laughs> I got a real, I got a real quick question. When did the first Broly movie come out? I have no idea. <laughs> 94, 94. Okay, I'm guessing that just is a random get. I have no evidence. It sounds it sounds right. I completely believed you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, the way this Goji carries himself, and of course the white eyes. He's see, he reminds me a lot of Broly. Oh my God, Rob, you were one year off. What? Ninety three. Ninety (laughs) three. Ninety three. Ninety three. Dang. Why did ninety four sound so right? Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, you felt it. (laughs) Um, so I will, I will say there's only one thing I dislike about the suit. It's, hmm. it's a singular thing that I dislike about the suit. When this suit is shown from behind, you can see the clear seam where the spikes can come off for the suit actor to get out. Um, 
it's only no like this is the only Godzilla suit I've ever noticed it on. <laughs> it's really especially in the Baragon fight, uh there's several sequences where it's, it's like it's a, over the shoulder looking at his back yeah. and you're just like oh, yeah. ah! <laughs> I'm gonna get a little bit into that into cinematography, but there are a lot of scenes that they did in daylight where that was probably not a great choice. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Because the scenes at night make all the suits and all the CGI look way better. Yeah. But then as soon as they cut to like a daylight scene and the entire Baragon fight and the entire ending fight is in daylight, you know? No, the ending fight's at night. No, sorry. When Godzilla Godzilla getting up out of the water, it's suddenly like daytime. Yeah. That part. Yeah. After the sun. When he springs a leak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. When he springs a leak. Uh, (laughs) Idiot. I think that that might be a good segue to favorite moments because Rob's favorite moment is directly tied to this Godzilla. And I think oh man, I've got something to say about it as well, but I'll let Rob go first. So there's a lot of thematic stuff that's happening in this movie that uh, we can, I guess, talk about a little bit more maybe before final thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Um, like about generational pain and... Uh, specifically kind of like, like, okay, this is a movie about making Godzilla a threat again and taking him back to the roots of like 54 Goji. Yes. And they asked, how do we do that? And they do it in probably the most effective scene I've seen, uh, in a Godzilla film. Like, okay. The special effects wise CGI, like Shin Godzilla, absolutely way more impressive. Uh, there's a lot more like awesome beams, beam reveals, but this is probably the most like in the true classic, like biblical sense, awesome, like beam reveal because you see all these people, huh? Oh, it's, I mean, it's just so like the other beam reveals may be cool and amazing, but this one is so tied to what Godzilla originally is. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, okay, so uh, basically the build-up to the scene is you have, like, Godzilla shown up uh, uh, before fighting Baragon, even. He's just, like, kind of trouncing around, uh, causing a scene. And there's causing all these a people... Ruckus. Causing a ruckus. <laughs> and there's all these people trying to run away, you know, like, it's the big classic, like, you know, Godzilla scene where someone looks up and goes, Godzilla! So they don't say Godzilla. They're like, it can't, like, it can't be real. That's impossible. Um very and cool. You Ver- see- really quick before oh. you get to it, there's the there's the my favorite part of that sequence is the one like cab driver guy who like looks up, who's clearly like a survivor of the original Godzilla. Everybody yeah. else is like, oh my god, it's a monster! Oh god! And yeah, he's yeah. the only one that looks up and is like Godzilla. Like he's the only yeah. character that does the Godzilla thing because like, oh, just it's like, you. You can tell yeah. like, oh god, this is not. <laughs> yeah. this isn't happening. And again, that pings back to that generational pain. And to the, the nuclear message. Yep. Because you see his spine start to glow blue and then it cuts away. And one of my least favorite things about Destroy It is like the audio would cut out really weirdly or there were scenes where they tried to add tension it, by cutting out the audio. And when you cut out audio in a film and you just like the music is gone, the score is gone and there's no like background noise, it allows you to really linger on the visual metaphors or the visual like things that are being presented to you so the music drops out it's been like this crazy chaotic song and like it it, you know like all fades away and it cuts to 
um, you know, miles away and it's inside a school and there are like all these little kids and there's a teacher talking to them, like doing a lesson and all of a sudden their whole school shakes and they all look like they all, you know, try and like get like down and, and like slowly the teacher like stands up and walks up to the window and looks out and you see this massive atomic blast mm-hmm. just off in the distance and there's no ex- there's no soundtrack there's nothing it's just to let you linger on the moment of how horrifying and how just awful this whole thing is right uh not just like you know godzilla but what he represents and the damage and like yeah it's just it's a it's a hell of a scene yeah it's it's very impressive and i'm i'm kind of living in that now because eddie just left the litter box and (laughs) i feel exactly like that teacher and those kids did i'm just looking in horror at (laughs) what has unfolded right music all the music cut out for cameron all the music cut out but yeah it's um, it's like extremely traumatic and like it, it catches you like and i say like this is a favorite moment not necessarily because like oh so cool or like oh i totally loved it it was like it's, it's horrifying it it is it is shocking and something that you really like zero in on because of the way it establishes everything that's about to happen yeah, with his spikes glowing, with the people screaming, and then the music and the screams all cutting out, and like showing the generational pain starting anew, with like a whole younger generation experiencing the terror of Godzilla, and yeah. it's like it is, it, it like that basically is the message of this movie, yeah. and it's at like the twenty five minute mark. Yeah, so. So uh, you you nailed it on the head with a lot of uh, what you were saying, and I think that one of the things that I would add to that sequence specifically is um, it also ties back into, even outside of the Japanese message of the anti-nuclear message, because a lot of American uh, people in the 50s and during the Cold War, uh, you know, were taught the whole duck and cover cover, idea. And so one of the more effective things about that sequence as well not only does it establish that this Godzilla is the 54 Godzilla horror that we haven't mm-hmm. had in a very long time, uh, but also it shows off like kind of what would ha- like what it would be like if a atom bomb went off near, you know, like miles away from an elementary nowadays. Like nobody knows duck and cover. No, like, no, they don't do they don't do the duck and cover. Like I think one girl gets kind of close to getting underneath her no. desk. Everyone else just because it's so quick. Because it's so quick. Because yeah. it's literally they cut to her. Like I think she says. I think she's saying to them. Like when when it cuts to her, that like, she's saying that they need to start getting ready to evacuate. And then like literally, you see the nuclear flash. Like literally the bright white blue flash, and then the it goes away, and then the entire classroom shakes, and everybody is like thrown around. And then she stands up and she looks out the window and it's like a, it's like one of those reflective shots where she's looking out the window, you see the atom bomb, but you can see her face reflected in it. And then it just cuts back to her and like, she says atom bomb with a question mark. Like, you know, she's like, is that what just happened? Like, you know, like, and it's such a, it's such an impactful thing because it's exactly what we would do if, if like, 
if you were, let's say you were out visiting someone a little bit outside of Austin and like you were far enough away that you wouldn't get hit by the initial blast, but you just yeah. like, you get hit by the shockwave and the bright light and you look out and you see Austin is nuked. Yeah. Like it's, it, it hits that same fear that is deep inside of us of like, what would happen yeah. if the city I live in just got destroyed in an instant? Like yeah. it's so it's effective on the nuclear angle, but it's also effective as just a sequence in general of being like, yeah. this is a threat. Like this is how scary this could be. And I think for me personally, that sequence, it doesn't embody Godzilla as a whole. Cause I have a whole theory about how Godzilla is different, you know, now than he was when he was introduced. But no, the da- thing, yeah. but the thing is, is like it exemplifies what could be done with a, nuclear threat Godzilla that I don't even think Shin was able to replicate. I don't think it was able to hit that same note of this is a walking nuclear bomb. Yeah. Like that is horrifying. Like that's scary. Like uh, I'm going to throw out a reference before we move on. If you haven't seen the HBO series Chernobyl, you need Mm. to go watch that show because it is horrifying. Like the effects of nuclear radiation, you read about it, you like, you know, you know about it, but watching like not even a dramatization because they like actually went to people that survived it and like found out what it did to their friends and family. Like that kind of stuff is horrifying. And I've yet to see a Godzilla film come close to doing something like that. And this is probably the closest that I've ever seen them tap yeah. into the threat of Godzilla as a a weapon, a nuclear bomb, like yes. as a... Yeah, I don't know. It, that that sequence always stood out to me. Like that scene is just yeah. so impressive. Um, also, one of the scenes that cut out got cut out in the sci-fi film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, just really clapped at it at G Fest. <laughs> so no one clapped everybody... at it, but they did clap at my ne- my actual tie into yours. Uh, and Cameron, do you, do you mind going last on this? Because I'm going to segue to my actual one. No, it's okay fine. I'm I'm stressed now, so. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was going to talk about the dog. Um, I really went into full storyteller mode, so I really built that one up. Sorry, guys. That's well, okay. I was living the in the moment. I'm going to lighten the mood just a little bit. Uh, I feel like okay. I just watched Barefoot again. <laughs> just a little bit, but it's actually not that much of a light lighthearted moment because there's something else I have to say about this. So, uh, we get into the Baragon fight. Uh, and at the end of the Baragon fight, uh, for Godzilla to win, of course, to get his final coup de grace, uh, he knocks Baragon away, and uh, Baragon is trying to climb up a wall to get away from Godzilla because he's not. He knows at this point he's tried everything, he, or she's tried everything she's got. There's no chance. Like, and so we cut to the forest on fire is what you see first, and then you see Godzilla step into frame. And then his spines start lighting up. And mm. one of the coolest effects that they add to his spines lighting up in the sequence, and you can see it in other ones in the in the climax, is there's actually slight little lightning bolts, like blue lightning that jumps between his spines as they're charging. Oh. Um, and then this is probably this is top top three beam reveals, uh, is you cut to a super low ground looking up at him shot where you're just like in the tree line looking up at Godzilla and suddenly you see all these particles start sucking into Godzilla's mouth as he like rears back and lets loose the first actual physical like the first time you see his breath in the film uh I'm a huge I have I have a huge I just I love 
particle beams. Particle beams are awesome. I love them so much. Thank you, Gundam Wing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But this is one of the first times that I've seen it done effectively on film, where it just looks so cool. And the best part about this is I know we have stuff to say about the daylight shots, but this is a daylight particle beam, which rarely happens. Usually they're at night. We see it happen again later at night. But the fact that it looked so cool in the daylight is very impressive. And then the other thing that I will give this movie is the impact of Godzilla's breath in this movie makes the nuclear scene that Rob was talking about earlier make sense. Because every time that beam, the sound effects that they use for it, hits something, you hear, like, it basically sounds like a fist punching, whatever it's hitting. So, like, it's a very, like, heavy, impactful breath attack. So, like, it makes it so that, like, whenever you think back on the nuclear bomb thing, it makes sense. When you think about, like, how effectively it pushes back and eventually just murders Mothra uh, instantly, like, it all makes sense because of, like, you've, you have now have the context of two things. You have the nuclear bomb, where you didn't get to see the breath, but then you have the two times it's used against Baragon to kill him, or to kill her, and both of them are so impactful and so heavy-hitting that you know now, oh, if this Godzilla releases his breath, whoever it's fighting is in trouble. Like, they're, this is not, like, you know, the misty breath that we've gotten before. This isn't, like... It's heavy hitting versus like I don't know. There's there's other Godzilla. You know what I'm talking about. There's other Godzilla breaths where he just fires it off and like it's just kind of like it hits the monster, but it doesn't do anything to them. Uh, it's I mean you know you have things like Shin and you have stuff like King of the Monsters where he actually blasts stuff away. But uh, for some reason this one always stuck to me, stuck with me mainly because of the particle beam and the uh, nuclear bomb of just being this big impactful. This Godzilla is not only scary, not only is he evil, but he's a deadly weapon that's going to destroy whatever's in front of him, and nothing is going to stand a chance, like, type of idea. Um, speaking of which, my, least, my, my favorite moment, my actual favorite moments, oh. uh, are all of the really good G54 callbacks without being direct callbacks. Um like Destroya really was heavy-handed with it, but it was it made sense because Destroya was all about the oxygen destroyer coming back to haunt them and so on and so literally. forth. Literally, yeah, literally. Um, <laughs> the oxygen destroyer was stomping <laughs> around. Um, what I loved, so I loved the sequence with uh, where they were on the island near Odo Island, and they were all talking. You know, it was like literally a replica of the scene where Godzilla. Uh, comes ashore for the first time in G54. It's not set up that way. Like, when you first see the shot and you you see what's going on, you know they're going to get killed, but it's not set up like it's going to be a direct reference. But then you get the sequence where the camera pans out from inside of the... Uh, out inside of the house, and Godzilla's foot steps down on the house. Yeah, which which is, but I know it's funny because the guy peeing, but the the direct, it's like <laughs> shot for shot to G fifty four when he yeah. first steps on uh, Shinkichi's house in uh, yeah. in G fifty four. I thought the direct visual references were very good, like the foot crushing the building and Godzilla's head popping up over the mountain. Yep, that's what I was yeah. about to talk about. <laughs> Those two are like visual, like film references. The things they didn't like as much are the black and white photos in the background. They're supposed to be like, look, it's the boat. Look. It's oh, no, this no, no, no. Thing. Hold on. I'm about to talk oh. about the boat. You misunderstood what that boat is. That <gasps> boat is the Lucky Dragon number five. Yes. Do you know? I mean, 
Well, okay, that one wasn't as bad. There well, are you some know, but that... the Lucky Dragon number five is nothing Godzilla related. I mean, no, it well, is. you're right. It's you're right. It's it not is, directly... but it's what inspired Godzilla. <laughs> True, fair. You're right. It's not actually Never also mind. where Sorry. he comes ashore. Where he comes ashore is where the Lucky Number Dragon number five uh, docked after. Oh, yeah. So, so that's okay. that's, like, that's a deep cut. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So okay. I thought that was a reference to the actual boat from the beginning in 54, which was reference to Lucky Dragon number five, not no, the yeah. actual Lucky Dragon <laughs> number five. My bad. Lucky Dragon number five. Basically, the American government was like, listen, nuke testing. I don't know. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. And like tried to cover it up. Uh, some Japanese fishermen got uh, horribly irradiated. Uh, and we tried desperately to cover it up for a while. As well uh, as their fish. That was the biggest problem. Yeah. Is their fish entered the market. And so yeah. people got radiation poisoning from the fish. Yep. And yeah. it was this whole thing. It's, yeah. It's 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 the literal inspiration for G54. Yeah. Like, it was That's, that. Ins- uh, just, okay. Not a very yeah. lucky dragon. Not, no, not <laughs> very lucky. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I missed, I missed the, the <laughs> reference that was directly the, the boat. I thought it was supposed to be like the boat at the beginning of 54. Mm-hmm. I was like, why would someone have a photo of that? Like, I just thought that, cause there are some black the, and white photos earlier where it's well, like the, the photos you're thinking of is, uh, inside the house in the house. Yeah. When they explain like, Oh, this Island is near Odo Island. Uh, this but those, is where those pictures, yeah. I'll give credit to the pictures for one reason. And one reason alone is because mm-hmm. those pictures would have been taken, uh, when Yamane went to Odo Island for the first time, yeah, and they have all the reporters there taking pictures. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not like film stills from the original. You're right. No, I guess yeah. Destroya just set me like in a space where it's like the, this must be literally a film it's, still. It's no, it's no Sarazawa <laughs> picture in the in the office Ooh. where it's just like. <laughs> No, yeah. uh, but one reference we kind of briefly mentioned earlier um, was the. Uh, the uh, da, 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 da. oh the when the father is telling the story about his incident in, when he was in the original yeah. 54 attack the um, flashback yeah the flashback uh that scene was very very effective um almost on the same level as uh uh the nuke uh, scene just because it's building and it happens before so i honestly the context of it is it's building up the horror of this godzilla o- like over the time of the first part of the movie or you know like the first quarter so that the, by the time the godzilla shows up and does that nuke scene it's like even worse because it's like once again godzilla wasn't necessarily a hero in godzilla 2000 and godzilla uh, megaguris but he wasn't like the villain you know he wasn't like scary um, and so building up a scary Godzilla, especially after all these years is kind of not an easy thing to do. And I think all the little G54 references, even though they're not as direct as destroy which once again, like the Sarazawa yeah. picture as an example is not always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think it just kind of added to it. And I think also the fact of once again, the, the lucky dragon number five picture sequence happening literally right before Godzilla does the nuke attack. Yeah. Is also okay, really, that- and yeah, it's I, at a fish missed, market. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Like he, yeah. he blows up a fish market with a nuke. Yeah. Right where the lucky dragon was. So it's. Yeah. There's all those little. There's all those. I think that's all those little reasons. And I I could have picked the fight scenes. And I love the Godzilla versus Baragon fight in general. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but I think that the all the little things like that are what make this movie stand out from the Godzilla pack. Um, I think that, that, that's, that's my, yeah. but anyway, uh, I've gone on for too long. Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> so 
here I was. Th- I, th- I think I'll, I think I'll lighten the mood a little bit. Sweet, because uh, <laughs> <Please> my <do. laughs> my my favorite thing, the thing that I really want to talk about is kind of my favorite thing about Kaneko movies in general, is the way he films human characters and the sense of humor that he puts into his movies. Hmm. Yeah, because there are there's little things like um, the revealing that the dog is okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's. <laughs> Like I feel like that's kind of a kind of a funny little thing that we didn't need to know, but boy, am I glad we do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also, like uh, the mayor is in the car. the The mayor of that small town is in the car with was that his wife or his mistress? <laughs> I think it was his mistress. It kind of seemed. I think a little it was suspicious. his mistress. Like, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, she, but yeah, they watched the biker gang come and like trash the little statue, and then the whole scene with um. What's the actor's name? The what? Oh, the uh, the uh, detective from Gamera. Oh god, oh. I closed it. Uh, Yujiro. Uh, <laughs> uh, crap. Let me look it up. <laughs> but his it's his uh, whole Yujiro, scene. Uh, Hataru, Hotaru. Yeah, Yukijiro you Hotaru. Yeah. Yeah. The just his whole scene about how like like that's how Ghidorah's statue got disturbed was because somebody. <laughs> Knocked it over on its side to stand on it to hang himself. (laughs) Yeah, I love... Yeah, I think Kaneko... I I 100% agree. Kaneko, like, puts in these great moments of, like, a lot of time dark humor. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Like the the editor-in-chief at at BS... Digital Q. (laughs) Digital Q, yeah, thank you. At the Weekly World News. Just every every time he's on scene. Like, it's just... the, The films have a really great sense of humor that... I think play it, it 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 cuts the tension from the very very dark very very serious scenes. Yeah. Um hmm. like immediately before the the nuke being revealed, there's a lady in the grocery store who's everyone's panicking cuz Godzilla's coming and this lady's just like Godzilla, nobody's seen him since the 50s. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I think in the dub she says Godzilla's just a legend. Yeah, Godzilla's just a legend. Godzilla's not real, even though it's yeah. stomping yeah. down the street. Boy, that's a very uh Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> I stumbled onto something very timely. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, he does. He has a great like sense of humor that once again, it's a, a lot of time it's it's dark humor. Like there's the Yeah. There's the scene where the people are evacuating Tokyo and it like randomly stops on this one couple and they're like, Haha, you're all going to die. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, and just like, 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 like waving and laughing like we're all going to die. And, um, <laughs> but he, like little things like, uh, the part where like Godzilla like smiles. Oh yeah. Or the surprised Baragon before he gets, uh, before she gets killed. Yeah. Like, Baragon's right eyes go wide. Yeah. Second time. <laughs> Yeah, or when Godzilla swallows um, Yuri's father in the submarine and it actually makes like a gulp sound. (laughs) Yeah. Just little things like that that I think would make the, you know, the the tone from like the the heavier scenes almost oppressive without these kind of like comic relief moments. Yeah, it Mm. definitely plays that balance of like, even though there's the heavy stuff like me and Rob were talking about, like it balances itself out by having those without being like, without being like the overbearing comedy that you get from stuff like the Marvel Universe sometimes or even King of the Monsters where 
like there's just jokes thrown in for no reason and you're just like yeah okay, there's not like there's no paul God, like paul. godzilla just did a nuclear blast that killed a bunch of people there's no like random you know thor joke thrown in there or something yeah it's like and we don't need that oh my like, god zilla <laughs> We need levity, but we need levity in different ways. I mean, there's even levity mm. like within the fights themselves, like the Godzilla versus Baragon fight, where there's really funny moments in that fight where like the t- where Baragon's on Godzilla's arm and he just like he's like flips sh- him trying over. to shake her off, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he just flips Stop him it. over. And then there's the the helicopter pilots too, like you know, there's all these funny things happening in those sequences, and even in the Ghidorah fight at the end, there's a couple of moments of levity just thrown in there, just to just to keep yeah. you like. Not I, oppressed. I don't, for me, I kind of felt like it was, and I, you know, I love dumb comedy, but like for me, I, I, I don't know. I, I felt like it was a little bit distracting. Yeah. The 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 humor, like I feel like it it took away a little bit. Like the first twenty five minutes of this movie are per- pitch perfect, and then it's like it has moments where the levity is like. He's like, it's really important that I make people laugh right now because it's been too sad for too long, everyone. And then it was like, uh, wait, oh, uh, okay. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't appreciate it as much as you guys did. <laughs> it's not that I hated it. Just like for me, it didn't mesh as well, you know? Yeah. It kind of felt like edits were like you know, slotted in mm. more than like one consistent thing. Um, it, like particularly when we get to our least favorite moment, for me and Kyle, which is kind of how like the ending stuff plays out. Yeah. You oh, are, hey, what a coinkadink! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it going to be all three of ours? Just. Like <laughs> I mean, I don't think my fa- my least favorite thing is the same least favorite thing. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did not enjoy the have slightly different variations on a cohesive thing towards the end. Mine is yeah. very specific. <laughs> And with that, maybe we should talk about our least favorite moments. Yeah, sure. maybe we should. <laughs> uh, okay, it sounds like we're all basically <laughs> right around. <laughs> For me, it's uh, okay. Can I'll just go first? <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, we? <laughs> and then we can like kind of like scissors. <laughs> we can all kind of dissect the moments that lead up to it. But I think the whole ending fight with like King Ghidorah after like they get into the water that whole sequence just gets like worse and worse and worse as it progresses it it really drags <laughs> it's yeah. just okay My, okay so... mine is mine is at the very very end after Ghidorah dies that's what all say about mine oh yeah. you should be able to pick it from there that's okay. mine. okay yeah. so i'll at least build up to that moment because i think even the final fight is just like such a drag mine is um, Mine is kind of uh-huh. a running thing throughout the final fight. Yeah. Okay. It's, okay. So yeah, but yeah. Cameron. So I'll I'll pipe in. Rob, <sighs> so, you just go and I'll pipe so, in. So okay. Godzilla's made his way to the coastline, and Mothra is there to fight him. They fight for a little bit, and Godzilla just like blasts him. And a kind of puny Ghidorah gets slightly bigger and his wings erupt out, like into the sky. And there are these massive wings and it looks like he's transformed into this huge golden, like, you know, I mean, it's a weird CGI thing, but it's like, oh, he's going to be huge. And then he's like, Bleh. and he's still just as squat and tiny and dorky looking as he was before. Um, and like basically each time one of these creatures has died, like they've exploded into a CGI outline of themselves with like golden dust. 
So the final. (laughs) Yeah. So sorry, I'm just trying to like set up the like puzzle pieces to the the big conclusion of this story. I know. I know. (laughs) So Godzilla is fighting a slightly more powered up King Ghidorah in which they like are stumbling around and like chomping on each other. And it's just like super anticlimactic. And somehow Godzilla is able to absorb the gravity beams. And like, I know that sometimes they show the enemy monsters absorbing like of like the good guy Kaiju's energy somehow, but it's just weird that they add that as like a new thing that Godzilla can do. And it just lets him like supercharge and then kill the recently maxed out powered King Ghidorah. So easily. Yeah. So easily. And that's that's my problem with this whole sort of yeah. ending section is that like the you know, the fight with with Baragon, Godzilla easily overpowers Baragon. Baragon hasn't traditionally been known as like a super big threat for Godzilla anyway. But also yeah. that establishes <laughs> like, wow, this is a you know, like as Kyle said, with with the power of his beam, this just shows wow, this is a serious threat, Godzilla is. Yeah. This is a serious thing. Mothra and Ghidorah, and he still just kind of bats them aside, and they barely yeah. even get like a Mothra scratch on him. Does no damage, and yeah. then explodes and charges up King Ghidorah, or charges up Ghidorah, who has floppy wings, into full King Ghidorah, and it's like, oh, this is when the fight's gonna get serious. Oh, here we go. And then but still, like he it's... kind of like can do a little bit of damage to Godzilla, but for the most I part, yes. And then. The third missing chunk of a statue head falls out of the main, uh, the uh, the nerdy guy's backpack and lands on perfectly on King Ghidorah. King Ghidorah burps and saves them before they fall in the water, which is weird. <laughs> and then so he's weird. like, "Okay, this is it. This is him at max power." So he's gone through three transformations. Three. He's shown up. He's been puny. He's gotten charged by Mothra, and now he's been charged by the final piece of like the. One of the statues. I don't it's even the, know which one. It's the got statue shattered. That, it's his. It's his statue. Is it his? Yeah. Oh, okay. Remember, because he, he she uh, she gets the piece from the old man, and when yeah. you see the statue, it's missing a chunk from its head. Oh, yeah. So I thought it was. I thought it was like Baragons or something. But no, anyway, no, no. it's Ghidorah. So so Ghidorah now maximum charged is like you know shows up and it's like okay this is going to be a big final fight but it isn't it's like it lasts for two minutes and then King or Godzilla is like I have a new ability which allows me to absorb all of your power and shoot it back at you and blow you up instantly and it's like wait what <laughs> and then what King Ghidorah explodes forms all of the cgi monsters let me take over for here because i I need to explain this part because this is my least favorite part of this movie because it makes no sense zero Mm -hmm. okay okay Okay. i'll go after you this feels good (laughs) i like i like this okay yeah so okay so Ghidorah gets blown up it's a pretty extravagant explosion like it's pretty cool big giant explosion big fleshy bits of Ghidorah falling around godzilla okay so the fire forms into the sparkly dust that we've seen all movie uh, and it shows Baragon first, and it shows Mothra, and it shows Ghidorah finally. Uh, so one cool thing about this scene, I'll give credit where credit's due, it plays all of their individual themes as it shows them, which we'll talk about in music. Yeah. Um, but then Ghidorah turns into this bright light, and the entirety of the dust flies into Godzilla. Yes. Godzilla then 
sinks. I don't know. He just kind of like goes, he, ah, and then he sinks he, into the water. And then he like is just under the water for a little bit. And then he comes back out of the water in the morning. Yes. Um, and there's no explanation for what they did. There's no like actual like effect. Like there's nothing that like, if there was some sort of crazy, like energy for like force swirling around him as he yeah. sunk into the waves or something, you could go, Oh, that's their final attack. Like they're doing something they're dragging him down to the bottom of the ocean. Right. But instead it just kind of, he just kind of sinks and it's, it's yeah. by far like it, it sucks too, because yeah, you're right. The fight, like I agree, like the, the fact that Ghidorah is never a threat and he kind of just goes back and forth between like, Oh, I got a new power. And then Godzilla overpowers him. Like it yes. gets, it gets yeah. a little annoying, but like this bothers me more because then with Godzilla's actual death, I actually think his death is really well done with the whole, blowing the the hole in him and it shoots that's the super cool. out. like that's fun and that's really good and it's like kind of fits in tone with the rest of the movie of like of course his power is the only thing that's actually going to kill him like yeah. i like yeah. that concept but like this scene is just like what it's it comes out <laughs> so it's like okay what did Ghidorah do Right? Did Ghidorah, Nothing. when he turned into energy, drag him down to the bottom of the ocean to try and imprison him at the bottom of the ocean? All Zod. But it didn't work. <laughs> and so then Godzilla broke free and came <gasps> up. Or did he supercharge Godzilla even more on purpose or on accident? And then that's why the the spray was able to make him explode? Or wh- like, what happened? What happened? I don't know. I have no clue. But I have a theory that just popped into my head while you were talking. Yes. This is a wild theory. Probably not actually what happened. What if the Guardian monsters removed all the souls from Godzilla so that when Godzilla popped back up and was blew himself up, it's because he was only Animal Instinct at that point. Oh. So, like, they removed, like, the, the – con- like, the – you know, actual thought stuff from Godzilla. And once again, doesn't make any sense. They could have yeah. said something or done something to show it, but like the, it, maybe that's what it is. Cause that makes sense of like, this Godzilla is pretty smart. We've seen so far. So maybe yeah. like he, pops why is he up still he... trying to like use his, I mean, then like, why not when the drill came out, it would have been neat if like he tried using his breath, but it like, like, you know, then like golden lights are to shoot out of him or something like my, my theory doesn't make sense. I don't think, I mean, it, it, I, it, like, like if it was something like that, then it's like, oh, his eyes are like not clouded over anymore. Yeah, he should have like, got his pupils know. back. Oh, that yeah, would have been good. Something. That would have been good. If thing. his eyes had unclouded and then he had just left, that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Or something. But, yeah. Something to like. Yeah. I just, it just, it bothers me. It's, it's by far the one scene in the movie. Like the instant I knew we were covering this movie, I was like, I know my least favorite moment. (laughs) I don't even have to think about it. (laughs) And it's, it's bad because of my least favorite moment where this Godzilla is too powerful for this fight to be interesting. Yeah. Because if you compare it to, honestly, if you compare it to the first Broly movie, like that <laughs> with everybody throwing everything they have at Broly and the most they can do is just put those like anime scuff marks on his great big muscles. Yeah. <laughs> all I can but, think of is the Dragon Ball Z abridged when they're oh, like the slap. attacking him and all they just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> just this sweat slapping sound, and then I'm just like, yeah. Um, oh, they should have done that in this movie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, fixed it. But yeah, just the like, Goku and and the gang are more of a threat to Broly than these monsters are to Godzilla. It's it's not them working together to overcome a threat. It's not them just like, oh man, I just barely had enough power to beat him. And then he comes back and it's like, oh no, now what do I do? No. It's more like you're playing make pretend with your friends on the playground. And there's that one kid <laughs> who every time you're, you try to, he just happens to have a new power that is more yep. powerful than yours. And it's like, no, I'm too strong for that. No, because I can do this. No, because... The whole time yeah. this fight is going, it feels like Godzilla saying, nuh-uh, because I can absorb <laughs> your gravity beams. <laughs> and it just I, uh, makes it makes Ghidorah yeah. and Mothra and Baragon all feel so insignificant that none of it mattered and they didn't even need to be in the movie. Man, can you imagine if it had been the other three? Because it would have been even worse. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I mean... At a I certain point, that might have been funny. These three kaiju, if their narrative impact was a small scrape on Godzilla's neck, yeah, I, yeah, I think okay, it, it's it is definitely a weird thing of balance that I think that the movie needed to probably spend a little bit more time thinking about. I do think that the the biggest difference should have come from Ghidorah absorbing Mothra's soul. I think that should have been the big... I don't think we needed the second one with the gravity beams. No, I think he should we, have gotten the no, gravity beams. He should, have gotten the, he should have gotten the gravity beams with the Mothra's soul. Like, okay, one like the other Guardian Beast is going into Ghidorah and powering him up. Honestly, it should have been... We should have seen Baragon, too, because that would have been more effective as well. Because like, they keep saying in the movie that all three of the Guardian Beasts are the only thing that could stand up to Godzilla. So like, and having, they are like, The so... hypothetical... Baragon Mothra entering Ghidorah's body and him becoming the threat Ghidorah. Like the good, yeah. like he's a good guy, but the threat to Godzilla Ghidorah that we know strong Ghidorah would have been effective. And then even even if you play out the movie the rest of the way, like even if Godzilla learns that he can absorb the gravity beams, at least it would have felt earned throughout the rest of the battle because now you have Ghidorah being the actual threat that's causing Godzilla all sorts of issues. And then at the final instant, like Godzilla, like realizes what's happening and goes, yeah. ah, you know, like it, yeah. it just it would have st- it w- it would have been better than what we got. Is my point. Whereas what we got I mean, is ultimately, like ultimately this- the third power up is the most useless one because all it really does is like make him burp so that he can save the the two humans, like Ghidorah, because the damage that was done to Godzilla was done when Ghidorah reflected his beam back at him, which was only a one-time thing, when, I guess. Yeah. And it only happened when Mothra first merged with Ghidorah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean the, yeah, the gravity beams, I, I feel like the one thing with the gravity beams that I think I know what they were, what he was trying to do was he was trying to make it a, a like a, a thing, you know what I mean? Like, cause at first when Ghidorah shows up, he only has his, like he can electrocute Godzilla, but it's like through physical contact only yeah, with his heads. Yeah. And he was like, okay, well, everyone knows Ghidorah spits out lightning. So we got to have him do it at some point. So let's do it. Like this is the final power up for Ghidorah. This is his only chance. And then Godzilla is still too powerful. Um, and I think it, it's kind of the same problem that final wars has. Now that I think about it with Godzilla being yeah. too powerful, yeah. like the end of the movie is a foregone conclusion 
Whereas with the monster that you have as the final boss fight, which is Ghidorah, it shouldn't be a foregone conclusion. Like, you know what's going to happen to Ghidorah. Like, you, he, yeah. when he shows up and he's all small with his heads, you're like, oh, oh Ghidorah's not going to stand a chance. Yeah. Uh, because of everything we've seen this Godzilla do so far. And, like, Mothra, I hate to say people can hate me, Mothra is never a threat. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. They don't let her That's be. That's mean. Listen, she tries, okay? Even when, like, even in the, the Heisei movies where she has laser eyes and can shoot lightning bolts out of her antennas, she still, <laughs> like, doesn't... She either is fighting with Godzilla she, or... Or fighting against Godzilla, but... But she dies. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, she listen, dies or unless, misses. Unless it's rebirth of Mothra and Leo Mothra. Leo Mothra, Leo Mothra is, is the strongest Mothra. It's true. <laughs> Leo Mothra beat uh, Grand King Ghidorah, the strongest Ghidorah we've ever gotten. So, yeah. yeah. Just saying. And this, uh, you know what? This Goji beat the weakest Ghidorah. So, who's really impressive? <laughs> GMK yeah. Goji or rebirth or Leo Mothra? <laughs> Yeah, now I I think I think the point is is that all three of us think that the the final sequence isn't bad. Like it's not like you're sitting there just go like it's pretty to at look it. at, yeah. but it's it repeats itself at. so much. Yeah, it is it is a very very pretty. It's just narratively unsatisfactory. There you go. Especially yeah. with like how perfect the buildup is and how like cool the middle is. And then that like tail end is just very unsatisfactory. It feels it feels like it needed like another like another brush like writing like it needed another just another yeah. let's look at the choreography again let's go back over it let's make sure everything is perfect. Instead they were like yeah. oh no we're just gonna film it with what we got and move on. Um, mm. Yeah, but I really anyway, I really wish you could fix the whole thing by beefing up Ghidorah. Him doing some kind of final attack, which is really big and impressive looking, like just a Ghidorah version of uh, Goji's spiral heat ray from Destroya. Yeah. Maybe he, you know, shoots out a big beam and a sort of energy Mothra and Baragon head kind of spin around it. Oh, man. That's, <laughs> Go like full I'm, on anime. <laughs> just full on Super Sentai. Just the power of friendship defeats Godzilla. Oh, yeah. I, oh, man. But, Actually, yeah. you know what I just thought of with that? Uh, if you want to keep Godzilla this powerful, but still, power I, yeah, up I think we're going to the same place. Is that's what powers up his spines? Is that what you were thinking? Because that's well, what I no, was I was thinking that like it hits him. There's a big explosion, and everybody's like, "All right, it's over." But then Godzilla gets back up, but now he's missing the chunk out of his shoulder. He goes to use his breath, and he blows up. Yeah, oh, that could work too. I yeah. just don't think I, if the damage had have happened after, I, I just know? don't think Ghidorah beating Godzilla is a thing that would happen. No. Ghidorah, Ghidorah can't in a, win. In a script, in a, is what I'm saying. you can make it narratively satisfying by the final blow that Ghidorah casts. Maybe, like, when that beam, like, when Godzilla absorbs that light, just, like, it's too much, and, like, it shatters his back spines or, like, makes, like, energy explode out of him, like a, like, burning Godzilla or something, where it's just like, oh, no, he absorbed all the, like, energy from the Guardian Spirits. Wait, what's happening to him? And it's like, uh, he starts to, like, melt down, mm. sinks into the ocean, and like cools off and then comes back up and they're like, Oh my God, he's like still alive, but he's like, like missing chunks and stuff. And then when he does his breath, it like, I was thinking, you know? uh, see Cameron, when you were saying, I wondered if we were on the same page, what I was thinking is similar to what you were saying. where like the, the big beam that Ghidorah does hits Godzilla, a big explosion. 
and yeah, I was thinking kind of the same thing too. That's where he loses the chunk. But what I was thinking is like, like, so it's a giant like smoke plume right after the explosion. Yeah. But inside you just see the electric crackling of Ghidorah's energy and then the silhouette of Godzilla happens and then the energy pools to his back and that's when he does the big Ghidorah blast. So it's like this real good and satisfying. So it still makes the, it, it makes Godzilla still this like, like he survived the biggest blast that he could and then he blasted Ghidorah away. Whereas yeah. in the movie, it's just like he got shocked a couple of times, then blew Godzilla or Ghidorah up. So it's like it, it yeah. would have been more uh, satisfying of like Ghidorah, this Ghidorah at full power. We're seeing how strong he is, and he still can't do anything against Godzilla. Yeah, like, it that should makes be it yeah. more satisfying. It should be than, Broly versus Goku, and in the movie, it's Broly versus like Krillin. Yeah, <laughs> where they're <laughs> yeah, trying exactly. their best, but man, <laughs> <laughs> the power levels are just. Wonky yeah, now. it's just a, it's too big of a gap. Anyway, let's move on. We've got uh, stuff to I have talk one about. last uh, uh, least favorite moment I actually want to talk about real quick. Uh, breaking news: G Fest is officially canceled. Is it really? Yeah, oh wow! It, it literally, J- JD just sent out a tweet about it. Okay, going to do digital or uh, does he say? <laughs> I, well, it's he sent out an email to a bunch of supporters and. Let's see if it's on the official G Fest thing. Uh, yep, he cool. did not post it on the official uh, G Fest. Oh, so uh, we actually probably uh, got Twitter the email just about yet, it. But yeah, he we sent probably out got an email. email. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, is it on his? Uh, anyway, it's canceled. Everybody listening, it's canceled. You'll, it's by canceled, time, everyone. By the time that you guys are... <laughs> this episode comes out, I'm sure it'll be news everywhere, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, uh, it's... Yeah. Sorry, one of the other podcasts just sent us a tweet, or sent us a direct message with, uh, with, the, with the, the email message. that they sent to yeah. people. We haven't gotten it in ours yet, but I'm, I bet it's on its way, so... Yeah. Anyway. Well, I don't think we pre-registered. We just had our... Anyway. Yeah. So, hey, let's move on to sound design, shall we? Uh, yeah. Oh, wait. Cinematography. Cinematography Ooh. first. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Cinematography. Sorry. I have my notes written in reverse. So, okay. Cinematography. Uh, cinematography is spectacular in this. Um, there are. Okay. First off, the miniature set pieces where you get to see Godzilla just like going buck wild, either on a town or fighting Baragon, are second to none. It is super, super good stuff. Um, it really does like a great job of showing a lot of low angle shots to show how big and terrifying Godzilla is, but then also like pulling back and showing wide angle shots to show the uh, like full suit in motion. And they're not like, he's not afraid to do it in daytime and nighttime, which like, even though daytime, you can see some very like glaring issues. Uh, it, but I respect it looks the guts. good in both. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, the shots do have like that very sound stagey quality where it's like you can tell there's like that ble- that back uh, pa- uh like wall behind them but it works well for like what I look for in a tokusatsu kind of like fight movie. Um the biggest issue is the lack of any matte paintings, like backgrounds for them that have yeah. all been replaced with weird CGI backgrounds. In fact, the CGI throughout this whole movie is not ideal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, um, I, okay. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, the most glaring time with the, the map painting issue is the, uh, the Tokyo sequence, the, yeah. at the end of the film, the, the, 
they either went with a CGI background or they just did the, uh, honestly, the reptilian thing where they just oh, like yes. blacked it out. Like where it's just black. Yeah. It's not, you don't see anything. Like it's just kind of black. There's no stars. There's no like smoke lighting or anything behind them. Um, yeah. Which is very, very strange. And I, I, I was going to look it up real quick because I wanted to see if, is it the same cinematographer from Gamera 3? I feel like it. Because if so, it's very strange that, like, they, I, I, mean, I don't know if it was just from, a smaller budget. Like, we figured out how concrete and how wood burn differently so that we could make the city's burning landscape look better for Iris and more accurate to uh, just throw a CGI background up there. Yeah. Uh, two of the most egregious the moments. In front of the thing. <laughs> two of the most egregious moments are the CGI helicopter circling Godzilla during the Baragon fight, in which oh, the helicopter God. is the size of Godzilla's whole skull. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is like really weird. Uh, basically, anything that's supposed to be a vehicle that is CGI'd looks really, really bad. Um, like there's a battleship at one point, which is CGI, and like they linger on the shot for way, way too long. Like it's a swooping shot down into the SDF's like battleship. Yeah. But like it's like a minute of screen time dedicated to this very bad oh, CGI battleship. I figured it out. I oh. figured it out. Uh, yeah. This guy is not the same guy from. Oh. Uh, he is. <laughs> Funny enough, he is the cinematographer from Godzilla vs. Destroya. Oh, well, that explains well. a lot of the similarities, huh? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, he he has done uh, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, a.k.a. Kiryu, uh, GMK, Destroya, Space Godzilla, Godzilla and Mothra. Uh, yeah, that's what he that's what he's done. So that actually a explains of, a lot of set the camera down and like from far away, let the characters dance around in a big yeah. si- uh, sound stage. Yeah, that makes a that makes a lot of sense when it comes to that stuff. Um, yeah, because uh, I mean, it, okay, it, like it, the thing is, it's like you can definitely see the moments of like you said, like the 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 sets themselves and the way they film within the sets themselves is great. Like the 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 shots that they get from low angles, like there's there's actually like one the one shot that always makes me laugh, but it's also really fun, is when Godzilla just runs Buck Wild at Ghidorah, like he actually is like running, uh, I don't know, you know where he's jogging down the street, but it's like yeah. from the soldier's perspective, looking up at him, like charging on the street past where they're yeah. at. Uh, so there's a lot of fun stuff like that, but. Um, very clearly there are just some like like you said that the, the sets they don't go past where they need to go uh <laughs> they they only do what they need to do um the underwater stuff is a little lazy uh, as far as special effects go yeah um, it's just kind of just black yeah just black <laughs> um so i with mean there's bubbles. there's a lot of stuff with that and i think yeah. the, i think the good shots i think are definitely Kaneko's influence on the uh, cinematographer more being like, Hey, let's yeah. do it this way, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean like a lot of the good stuff within this movie is the, the suit, ma- uh, the suit effects, like how the suits move specifically with Godzilla. Uh, um, uh, actually mainly just Godzilla. Now that I say it, uh, yeah. the way that the Godzilla suit is, is a big influence on how this movie's special effects play out. Yeah. Um, and like, to be fair, 
the CG Ghidorah stuff looks terrible, but at the same time, it looks cool. So it falls into that category it, of like, yeah, uh, is it bad? It is looks it good? dorky, but it, you can feel the weight behind it. CGI is only gin- like truly bad when like there's no weight behind it. The vehicles all suffer from that. They float. Also, some of that is sound effects as well with the flap uh, yes. of the wings that pops out. Yeah. The music. <laughs> yeah. There's a big like impact. Yeah. So it makes it feel like weighty. Um, the good news about that scene and most of the other like later half CGI sequences is they're all done at night and they're usually done fast. So they don't <laughs> linger. So when they look bad, it's like, ah, it's dark, it's blurry, it's moving fast, yeah, whatever. You know? Yeah. Um, this definitely probably would have looked better on an old DVD or, more perfectly, a VHS. Yeah. <laughs> well, 2001 ah. is a little past VHS. Yeah, no. I'm sorry, yeah. Like, it's an still old DVD God's or medium. Perfectly. Yeah. yeah honestly, honestly, this movie probably would look great uh, with some sort of restoration. Honestly. With like an actual... Because like, uh, I noticed it while I was watching the Blu-ray. Uh, it just... It doesn't look... It doesn't look crisp. So like no, yeah, it's not so crisp. Like, yeah, so if if they went back and they kind of like went over it, just like we're supposedly getting mm. with the Gamera trilogy, uh, like I think that would benefit this movie a little bit. Boy, that's gonna um, be that blood fountain is gonna be crisp. Oh man! But uh, speaking <laughs> of speaking of the Gamera trilogy, really quick because we were talking about the cinematographer, the cinematographer yeah. for the Gamera trilogy has only done five movies, and three of them are the Gamera trilogy. Wow! Yeah! Wow! He. He has not done anything after Revenge of Iris. That's the last movie that he did. He was like, I've done my masterpiece. I what mean, else is there for me to do? I've finished. To and a certain he, extent, I wouldn't argue with you. <laughs> hey, do you want to come work on this? I, I said I finished. Up, put the camera down. He took off his, his badge that said <laughs> camera guy. <laughs> he threw it to the ground. <laughs> Pulled out his camera gun. He put that on the table. He Pulled said, out his real gun. Again. Put that on the table. um uh so uh 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 uh, 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 sound design or do you have any other strong feelings about the cinematography um no i mean like i've got one strong feeling yeah it's pretty good (laughs) (laughs) um the only thing i guess i would say once again about the special effects is that uh like i said the beam effects specifically and i know we're about to talk about sound so i've got some stuff to say about that but um Godzilla's beam effect is really it's cool except it's not this is what I wanted to say about it. I was about to segue but I can't yet I don't <laughs> like the curved beam I hate it curved beam baby we're bringing it back not a fan Me. like when he fires it at the 84 jets did it and it's it was good enough for him it's good enough for us when he fires it at the jets it literally comes out of his mouth down and then goes yes whoop, at like a 45 degree angle into the sky <laughs> Hey, have you guys seen? Have you guys seen those gojis from Hammerfell? They've got curved beams. <laughs> curved <laughs> beams. Uh, okay, Rob. Sound, yeah. sound design. Sound design. Uh, so I've come up with uh, section headers for this soundtrack. This soundtrack is okay. So here's the thing: the soundtrack is bumping. Uh, one of my favorite songs has nothing to do with Godzilla's like March or any of the other like like classic like Toho soundtracks you've like heard for these monsters in the past. The thing that like really got me is the reveal of the drill missile. There's this weird chip tune techno song they play. The the military <laughs> thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> the military like runs out and they open up this like, because like Baragon has attacked a, a tunnel and they're like, well, we've got to deal with this. Let's pull out our new anti-kaiju missile, which we just happen to have. Well, we just happen to have it. I mean, they're not designed for kaiju. No, <laughs> no they're just like drilling into a mountain or something, but it is hilarious. It's, yeah. what's, it's hilarious. They are designed for drilling into a mountain, and that's hilarious to me. <laughs> what's the best way to clear rocks? What if we put a drill on a missile? A drill on a missile. Like the um, the lead design guy was watching SWAT cats and he was like, that's genius. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, it's just got, it's got a very like eclectic, like the, like the songs. I don't think you could play them like next to each other, like on a CD and like have it sound like one flowing, like soundtrack. I disagree. Yeah. I, I okay. okay. I okay. I agree with you that you can't flow like like the King of the Monsters soundtrack is amazing because you can put it on from start to finish and it goes through the entire movie and you know exactly where the soundtrack yeah. is at in the movie. You can't do that with this soundtrack. However, the the four themes for the monsters, if you play them back to back, flow into each other. Oh, awesomely. I can see that too. Yeah. yeah okay. That's so, fair. I meant the whole soundtrack yeah. from stem to stern. Oh no. Yeah. That military march is like, is completely bonkers, but I love it. Nope. That's, but yeah, <laughs> that's but Godzilla's it. new March uh, is awesome. It's only ever used in this movie. Uh, yeah. it's, it's very, very cool though. Uh, it's uh, it's it's you know it's very definitively not Ifukube, but like it's it's such a cool, unique Godzilla march. Uh, and then once again, all of the monsters' songs, so Baragon's, Mothra's, and Ghidorah's, all flow into each other. Mothra's has like little little hints of Mothra's theme in there, as well, which is a nice touch. Um, yeah. It's, it's got it, that three note do do do, and then like it moves on to other things. But like you always have that Mothra. Yeah, it like always comes sound. in and out. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's actually become one of my favorite Godzilla soundtracks. Uh, just or just oh. I guess mainly the four songs, but like those songs have become some of my favorites from the entire franchise just because they're so unique and how they flow into one another. Yeah. Um, and like I said earlier, that one sequence where the souls show up before my least favorite moment um, <laughs> the three the four themes show up and blend into one another uh mm. like into like a singular song and then they go inside godzilla which is very cool still don't know what happened but very cool uh sound design i don't know what uh, they did but i'm glad that they did it yeah um that's fair i, I like this I, I was never like bored or like not noticing the soundtrack, but like I didn't put together the four like their songs in my head. I was like, oh yeah, that's jamming. I like the new, I like this Paragon theme. Okay, cool. Oh hey, this Godzilla march. Yeah, all right, I like it. Yeah, I like. I could definitely benefit from like going onto YouTube and just like, putting the listening. four songs together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, soundtrack. I, I like. I said. I I I enjoy that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the military march is bonkers, but. I mean, if a Kube's is kind of bonkers sometimes too. So that's fair. <laughs> this one just I has like, chip tune in it, which I'm all about. That's yeah, true. I like the military march, but not really for this movie. Yeah, I it agree definitely with that. sounds like you'd be hacking something, not <laughs> revealing a missile. You know, not hacking yeah. Godzilla. We're about to <laughs> yeah. hack this mountain with our new missile. That's, that's speaking of 
hacking mountains. Ooh. Let's talk about Foley work. That okay. doesn't really sync up, but you know. Well, that, well, <laughs> um, so this is noticeably better than Destroya. Uh, like the tires, like tire screeching, buildings crumbling, everything like fits once like soundtrack. Like it's not like oh, suddenly yeah. there's a giant spike in audio. No. So sound mixing, yeah, perfect. Mwah. Way to go. Uh, but more importantly, uh, this does like such a good job of like blending when silence should happen and when silence should not happen specifically my favorite scene is a great example of like there needs to be a silent beat here to build up the emotional tension of this moment there needs to be a silent beat when it seems like godzilla is dead and then comes erupting out of the water before he does his next big move there needs to be a silent beat when it looks like you know, uh, Ghidorah is dead before, and Mothra is just like energy, and then like it slowly picks up. They do a really good job of like blending auditory environments to make the narrative hit harder. Yes, yeah. Um, there is one weird thing. <laughs> There's a lot of foley work that is comical. Uh, we mentioned earlier the, the gulp, gulp? Yeah. of yeah. Godzilla eating uh, a submarine pod. But one of the ones that I noticed that jumped out to me very specifically uh, is the when Ghidorah, like, in his baby form, gets all of his, like, heads around uh, Godzilla and starts biting him. There's a <laughs> chomping sound effect that they use that is literally biting into an apple dot mp4 on the, like, <laughs> film sound library. Crunch. It is hilarious how like just like stock the sound effects are sometimes in this yeah where it's like did they do that as a bit like is this like supposed to remove the tension <laughs> from the scene or like did they just like what sound would this make and they're like i don't know add a placeholder sound and we'll come with something later and then they forgot and then they released the movie <laughs> and they went no oh no the apple's still in there <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i mean some of it is obviously like intentional like the gulp like come on, yeah. like that's clearly like intentional. But the, well, the, the gulp uh, is great. Chomp the apple chomp is less great. <laughs> yeah, uh, an apple chomp. I don't know. Uh, who knows? I it think could it's be. because it, they use the exact same pitch and everything for all three bites. So it's just right. Crunch, crunch, crunch. It's well, like yeah, an air horn. Exact. Yeah. Yeah. Crunch, 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 crunch. Um, but yeah, <laughs> crunch, uh, crunch, crunch. I mean, honestly, like thinking, I'm not even just destroy it, but other other Godzilla movies that we've watched. Uh, the Foley move, the Foley work in this movie is like on point in general. Yes, uh, <laughs> compared to a lot of like other like Toho movies, and especially a lot of like Japanese cinema, J- like Japan. And this is something I talked about, like I think on the Rebirth of Mothra episode. You've talked about it multiple times because it's a it's a constant just, problem. <laughs> they just don't do Foley work all that often, and like I don't notice it nearly as much anymore. But like. I noticed its sudden presence in this one. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I don't like really consciously like track it as much anymore after like three years of doing this podcast. (laughs) So like, it's just kind of like it's background. If I, you know, like I don't really pay attention to it, but when it like, it was like, Oh, Oh, like, Oh, it's like seeing an old friend again. Ah, yeah. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Yeah. Um, Oh, sorry. Did you have something else you want to say about uh, it? Oh, no, not fully. I, I'm ready to move on to like the oh. roars and the beams I was and actually, stuff. I have a whole segment for <laughs> Monster Roars. Oh, let's hear one it. Of the, t- the number one things that I love about this is that like they use the Showa roars or not even show like the old, old, like the well, first. It sounds like at least yeah. I'm not an expert. 
So, yeah. I mean, for the most part. I mean, okay, here's the thing. So Godzilla's Roar, uh, what they did in the uh, the Millennium Era is they basically took it back to close to the Showa Roar. So it's the... Mm. They basically just took a show of roar, made it a little bassier, uh, yeah. and that's pretty much it. So that's that's where they stuck with Godzilla's roar on this one, uh, which yeah. is fine. It it sounds great coming out of this design. Uh, it works. Um, yeah, and it makes sense with you know what this design is. Yeah. Mm. Oh man, but it would have been better. It would have been so cool if they went back to G54's roar, like that like, really like really growling like uh, guitar screechy one. Yeah. 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 That would have been cool. That would have been also way more ethereal, which would have fit with this the, yeah. narrative. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it's really, fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I really like Baragons. I'm not familiar with like Baragons' original roar because it's like this weird like hiss we just and like this chittering too. noise. <laughs> we just I covered know. it. I don't remember I wasn't it. on that episode. <laughs> um, but Rob, didn't you? You weren't able to hear Baragons' roar in your mind from my pitch perfect I It mean, was very representation. Close. The thing is... Baragon I mean, has like this weird hiss and then like a chittering like yowl at the end. Yeah. So it's like two sounds that kind of like like crossfade into each other, you know? Yeah. Um Yeah, I really honestly I hate to say it, I do not remember the original Baragon's no. roar at all. <laughs> um It's not um, it's not super iconic. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I I almost feel like it was just used from like they took Rodan's roar and pitched it or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that seems like what old Toho would do. Um, I, I had s- I had a bit written in here. I was like, as much as I like this, I feel like there's a better Baragon roar, like a better roar for Baragon. <sighs> if only we had something to replace it with, and then it was <sighs> it was a oh, lead into oh. the. <sighs> but one of our one of our one of our uh, patrons wanted us to do a contest of who sounds the most like the Rie Ota, and they'll vote on it. So, oh no! So, oh, so we, we oh. should go down the line. Each one of us well, do it. <clears throat> we'll do. The, let's fit. Oh wait, do you want to do that now or do yeah, you? Yeah, right now. <laughs> oh, We're talking okay. about Baragon. I'm picturing it in my mind's eye. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go. I'll go. No, I've got it. I was seconds <sighs> away. Do it one more there time, bro. <sighs> That's a good take. <sighs> <laughs> I was waiting for the second one. <laughs> okay. Ra. Ra. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. It's <laughs> the one time we've gotten the set, the roar onomatopoeia correct on this perfect so nailed it. Near uh, over a hundred recorded episodes. <laughs> The first time we ever did it. Jesus. Okay. So uh, we're moving down the line. So we're Mothra. at Mothra. She sounds yeah. the same. Just... Mothra sounds like Mothra from Mothra. I, I, like, I could not identify a very specific thing. Cream. She um, sounds like Mothra. There's not much yeah. difference with the Mothra roars, honestly. Yeah. Even to Legendary. Even in King of the Monsters, <laughs> it still just sounds like Mothra. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Ghidorah. Ghidorah's roar, I really like. Really? Oh, it's a good one. I, I like it. Yes, yeah. I like that they mix the chittering from Showa and like a little bit of like the Hezai roar. But like, I thought it was blended well, personally. It, okay, it's blended well. I'm just not a fan of it. I don't like yeah? the. Um, it kind of adds to the the powerness of it. It doesn't sound powerful, and You're like right. it, it just kind of it just kind of like I okay. Here's the thing. 
I love the bitty bitty at the end. I love it. Yes. Like you can hear yeah. the bitty bitty. That's great. Uh, I just don't like the, 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 I'm trying to think of a way to the, the raspiness. That's, that's the word, the raspiness of the first part of the roar. Yeah, that's fair. It sounds it. So, okay. The original, the bitty bitty sounds very alien and weird. It's yeah. supposed to throw you off. The the Hezai roar is supposed to be more powerful, more, you know, like just like a big scary threat. This one has a little bit of that roar, but you're right. It is like underwhelming. And I think it's supposed to be at least at first because this is like a weak baby Ghidorah. Ghidorah. Yeah. But then also once he gets into his full form, they're like, I don't want him to sound mean, you know, like <laughs> he's not fun. supposed to sound like the bad guy, you know? Yeah. It's supposed to sound so like a great big goof. Holds back. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not. I don't hate this roar. In fact, uh, uh, there's you can hear a bit of it in uh, King of the Monsters, uh, in a couple of sequences uh, in uh, Ghidorah's roar. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. It, it just, it never, it never stuck with me. I guess I don't know. I guess that's the what how I'd put it. It's like if you if you asked if you played that roar without the bitty bitty at the end, I might not know what the roar is. Yeah, from. I might be like, uh, <laughs> Ghidorah, maybe. Um, so yeah, oh, that'd be so a fun game. That's kind of how I feel about it. Um, but uh, yeah, so we've got. Uh, let's talk about. I kind of talked about it a lot earlier, and we've got some other stuff to talk about before we finish the episode. So I'll be quick. I really love how both Godzilla and Ghidorah's gravity beams, once you get to the gravity beams, have a nice impact at the end of it. Um, they have like a, you can feel it hitting the creature uh, with the sound, specifically with the yeah. sound effect that they put on it. Not only is it like visually, it looks like it's impacting, but just like we were talking about with the wings unfurling, like they did a good job of like making all the sounds that are supposed to sound bassy of like something getting hit mm. or something unfurling that's large. They did a really good job of making that sound big and large and hit. So it like, even though the gra- gravity beams are supposed to be like, you know, lightning, like the instant they hit Godzilla's skin, you can feel the the impact of the lightning hit his, hitting his skin. It's not just the same like crackling sound, which is what you would usually get, even in like stuff that is just fully like an like you know like anime or stuff. When lightning hits somebody, it's just like a zappy sound instead of a, <laughs> a punch. Yeah. You know, um, so I really love that. I, I've always loved that about this movie. It's something that do- it doesn't really carry over, and in, even into like stuff like Final Wars, where his beam is like way overpowered. Uh, <laughs> you don't the, the sound design doesn't match it. And I mean, you know, you go back to the Heisei, and the Godzilla breath sound is this weird little tinny noise uh, post Godzilla and Mothra, uh, and it's <laughs> terrible. But uh, I don't know. I really, I really like the beam sounds of this in this movie. Uh, mm. That's just my personal opinion, of course. <laughs> it's real, it's real punchy, paunchy. Yeah, like a falcon paunch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So uh, the last things that we need to talk about before we do final thoughts uh, mm. is we need to talk about some of the themes uh, uh, in this movie. Um, and one thing I've got to talk about real quick, which ties into the themes, is we t- yes. forgot to talk about the ghosts uh, in Godzilla, the souls. Yeah. Um, I guess oh, that yeah, would be a good souls place in there. to talk about that here. <laughs> it kind of fits here. Uh, okay, so let me just get this out of the way. One of the biggest misconceptions about this film, and I don't understand how people 
think this because if you're watching the movie and paying attention, that's not what they say. But a lot of people think that this Godzilla is just ghosts. For some reason, people think that it's just like, you know, a ghost Godzilla type of situation where it's like he's made up of all the souls of the dead people for the Pacific conflict. Like, no, 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 no. He, the, the prophet guy, the old man clearly says that Godzilla is just an animal and that he can be killed. So Mm -hmm. what is happening here is Godzilla is a creature. Godzilla regenerated from the 54 Goji and now is possessed by the souls of the spirits of the people that died in the Pacific conflict. Very, very important, especially when we start talking about the themes, which I bet Rob is going to take a, take a hand on because. Yeah. Um, okay, so there are there are uh, two main themes that kind of like run throughout this story, and I think they really kind of like come down to generational pain was the word I used earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of the younger generation in this are presented as kind of like carefree people who are either hooligans or they're playing like games. They're just like kind of like unaware of like the pain and trauma that's like about to beset them. Uh, And that is really presented strongly as a narrative point by how the older generation is impacted by it. Um, The military is kind of like out and out, like the metaphor there of just saying like, Oh, well we like, we don't like we lied about it. Like we were able to defeat Godzilla the problem was solved. It's not a big deal. We don't have to talk about it anymore. There are a bunch of people who are like represented as like by older uh, actors and actresses who are like, Oh, Godzilla is a myth. Godzilla is a legend. And unless they're people that were directly specifically impacted by the negative event, they seem blissfully like uh, aggressively ignorant of the problem. Whereas it's, uh, whereas like older people who are directly impacted by it are so scarred by these events that they seem kind of unwilling to let the younger generation deal with like the trauma of those events. Uh, Specifically like Yuri's father, who seems to be kind of like very aware of what's happening. And then as soon as it's like, oh yeah, she's running into danger's way. He's like, just arrest her. Someone arrest her. I don't know. Like he doesn't really like, you know, it's even though he seems to be deeply like narratively connected to Godzilla, Godzilla isn't a thing he's told his children. So there's this very strong narrative image that's being painted of like a younger generation that they have kind of like walled away from like the trauma of the older generation's history and the negative repercussions of that being like, all these shitty kids are the ones that are like, uh, like waking up all the guardian creatures, yeah. you know, it's like, I don't know if it's supposed to be like, look, all these ki- it's kind of like painted. So like everyone's kind of at fault, like kids are crummy and unaware, but they're crummy and unaware because the older generation d- cannot, does not have the tools to deal with like the trauma of like Godzilla. Right. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and, uh, and that ties into what I was just talking about with Ghost Godzilla, like or Ghost Godzilla. I just made the mistake. Uh, GMK <laughs> Godzilla uh, is that um, when the idea of him being uh, influenced by the souls of the Pacific conflict is introduced, um, there's some very specific wording that is used that explains 
why Godzilla would be attacking if he's filled with the souls of Japanese people that directly ties to what you're talking about with the general feeling throughout the entire film, which is the fact that, um, and it's something that still goes on actually in real Japan to this day of people in America, it goes on. Yeah. But I mean, but in Japan specifically, they do not acknowledge a lot of the things that they did during world war two. Um, so, you know, whereas Germany is super ashamed of everything that happened in World War II, and they that's why they don't talk about it, is because they're so ashamed, they don't even want to talk about it, like it's so bad, everybody knows it was bad. In Japan, it's almost like ignored to a point where it's it's just not even like talked about. Like, you don't, if you asked a Japanese person, even if they were like you know, a college level educated person, you ask them about Island seven or not Island 731, but project Unit 731. 731. Yeah. Unit 731. The island is the, the, the island book. is the book. The project is the, <laughs> yes. If you ask them about that, they're going to have no idea what you're talking about unless mm. they're like specifically looking into history. So like yeah. the general populace does not understand or know the terrible things that happened during world war two. And so in this movie, it ties in with the human characters as well as tying into why Godzilla is doing the way he's doing things and why he's so evil and everything like that, because he's not just filled with American soldiers who died in the Pacific conflict. He's not just filled with Japanese soldiers. He's filled with both. The American soldiers are just angry because they died during the Pacific conflict. The Japanese soldiers are literally going, you all ignore everything that we were supposed to have learned from the horrible things that we did. Mm-hmm. And it's this interesting idea of, uh, w- I don't know. It's, it's very heady. I guess is what I would say. It's very like <laughs> high tier. Yeah, like you can I... really break down the thought process of what Kaneko was trying to say, um, hmm. with, with Godzilla and everything in it, in this movie. Yeah. Um, I know that that's some, like a, a sentiment that like Miyazaki is shared, uh, yeah. from, like studio Ghibli, specifically like with how they ended um uh, grave of the fireflies oh, like God. that being yeah. kind of like they're <laughs> like look look at all the suffering you kids having fun with your synth pop music your city wave we died um i i don't know about modern japan i don't know about like what things that like you know they're like government puts in their textbooks like you know i don't know either officially or like like how american history is basically world war ii was so bad and then we were great and we saved the day we were so great stuff happened you know then we were like we had some presidents it doesn't matter anyway now we're great and And we don't worry about like you know finer details (laughs) oh yeah like textbooks especially in the southern united states where it's like well the civil war had nothing to do with with slavery and that's it that's the whole unit what what oh is it boy. called in textbooks? The the war of northern aggression. The war of yeah. northern called. aggression. <laughs> yep. Where we were just down here minding our own business, and those nasty northerners were like, "Hey, stop being so free and cool. Stop having fun hanging out together on a farm. Quit drinking <laughs> your sweet tea and doing all that work by yourself with all your cool black friends. I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, I, I you know, I, Jesus. we could, we could, if we really wanted to, we could probably do a whole podcast episode 
like deep, deep diving into the thematic elements of this movie and what they're <laughs> yeah. all supposed to mean. Cause there's a yes. lot there's, I mean, honestly, like you could look at it as a surface value. Oh, look, Godzilla's evil. He shows up, he destroys stuff and fights Baragon, yeah. Ghidorah and Mothra. But when you really break it down, there's actually some like, there's a lot deep, going on, deep questions mm. that it's trying to ask, uh, you know, and, uh, and I mean, that's why it kind of gets brought up in a lot of conversations with G54 and Shin, is because they all kind of have a di- like a background, not satire, but you know, background uh, uh, a mes- can- metaphor, message, metaphor, message thing. I looking at the society in Japan at the time that it's going mm. on. Eighty four is also a good example of the Cold War Japan. Yeah, what, what would have happened in Cold War Japan if Godzilla showed up? Like it's kind of that same concept of like pulling things from Japanese uh, culture at the time of. You know, if if like some crazy thing happened from, let's say, uh, let's say they created some sort of Terminator type thing in World War Two, and it randomly showed up and started causing havoc today, like how would we react to it? Would we think back to like, oh, did I read that about about that in a textbook that one time, or would <laughs> we go, you know, think of it differently because now we're a different generation? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot. I don't know. There's a lot. I, I thought we should mention it. I don't want to spend too much more time on it because we're running long as always. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, and f- quite frankly, it's a bit of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a bummer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's also like, again, a subject that we are, uh, as we say regularly on the podcast, deeply unqualified to talk about. Hilariously yep. <laughs> ill-equipped. Um, yeah. I, like I said, if you really wanted to study it or, you know, like read into it, you could. There's a lot, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, there's there's probably... a lot of very interesting themes. Yes. But, you know, yeah. uh, that's up for interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> So let's just let's move on to to final thoughts here. Let's wrap this up. Hey, wrap um, up. who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go. I'll go first. Okay. okay, I'll do it. Get in there. Um. So it's you know, we pretty much we all like this movie. That's not. <laughs> that's not really uh, a, a a mystery that's been unveiled. That's a weird way to say that. I'm getting tired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh i i as far as as directors in in kaiju movies go shisuke kaneko is probably my favorite um it's just such a he always has such a good and unique take on these classic monsters and yeah. just the 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 high concept and the way that it's executed through the cinematography and the storytelling is just so well done you know, from the from the dark humor of you know, like the 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 lady in the hospital that almost survives her Godzilla encounter. Oh man, how gets, did we not mention that until just? I now? just realized we didn't, <laughs> so I wanted to get it in under the wire. <laughs> Where she's like, "Oh, Godzilla just walked past. I'm gonna be okay," and then she gets just obliterated by his tail because he never forgets. So um, good. But then, yeah, also the, you know, heavy themes of what Godzilla represents and the the imagery used and how this goes from being a fun monster movie to like a a serious, addressing a serious topic that we should all probably talk about. It's, it's just, it's, it's great. And I think culturally important. 
And also Shisuke Kaneko, we went and saw a symphony play a bunch of Godzilla themes, and he walked right by us while going to the bathroom. And I almost said <laughs> something to him. Out. And then, but then I was to like, touch him, pulled his hand away. And then I was like, no, <laughs> this is the worst possible time. <laughs> Cameron got up and walked into the bathroom and blocked the exit. I blocked the exit and I said, everybody out, except for you. Except for you. This is your time. This is your um, time. Uh, I'll go next. Rob, you can have the final word. <laughs> hey. Um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Once again, as Cameron said, it's it's no you know it's no surprise that we all like this movie, uh, at least to a certain level. Uh, some may like it more than others and such, but I think we all enjoy this movie. Uh, I absolutely love this movie. Um, this is definitely top five Godzilla movies for me. Um, I love the thematic elements in it. I love how Godzilla is handled. Uh, I, I do think, yes, there are some flaws and we definitely went over those, but like, I think overall, I think that this is one of the more competent, competently made Godzilla films, probably like it's once again, ever made, uh, it stands up there with Biollante and terror of Mecha Godzilla for me. Uh, it's, it's so well done. The cinematography is so great. Uh, it's competently directed. The acting is awesome across the board. The characters are all a joy to watch. None of them are annoying. Uh, there's like, there's, there's very few flaws in this film. Um, and you know, it says a lot as Cameron said, like, you know, he's, he's definitely, I mean, he's gotta be one of my favorite, uh, directors of kaiju films ever, because I mean, he's made four of my favorite kaiju films ever, you know, like the Gamera trilogy and this, uh, are all amazing. And I think, uh, you know, GMK, while it might sit more, uh, in line with, uh, Gamera one, uh, in terms of, you know, cinematography and stuff, uh, it still is at that level of Gamera one, which is way above 95% of other kaiju movies out there as far as cinematography, special effects, sound design, everything like, and so for me, that makes a huge difference. I absolutely love this movie. I, it's one of those movies I can't say that I would use this as a introduction to Godzilla because it does so many weird things with like the mythology and stuff like that. But at the same time, it is one that I would definitely show someone who had some sort of interest in Godzilla. Maybe they'd seen a couple of movies and they want to see some more. I would definitely show this one uh, because it is fun, interesting, well acted and never really slows down to a point where it's dull. So, uh, if you haven't watched this movie, watch it uh, if you can. Uh, that's all I got to say. Yeah, um, I feel like I'm definitely in the same boat. I think this is an amazing film. Uh, I mean, if you break it down into its component pieces, uh, like the the special effects and suitmation work are just well above par. Uh, they are truly some of the best like suitmation fights that we're probably ever going to see again. Um, uh, the narrative and thematic elements throughout are extremely like they hit hard. Um, the, the big problems I see in this movie is that it doesn't really give you the chance to like linger on or make your own conclusions from the, th- like thematic elements that it hits. 
that being said, it still like presents all of it in like a concise like package and says, make your own opinion about this thing. And then move runs to the next like bit um, without being like obscure in its message. Uh, it's beautifully shot. Uh, the acting is all really good. Like none of it is like really like hammy. There's like two or three like pure goof characters but they're all background characters. Um, the ending is kind of confusing as to what exactly happens, but ultimately the resolution is super cool. So every down scene is followed by an extreme high to where this movie does end up absolutely in one of like my top five Kaiju films. Uh, it's definitely worth watching. Uh, if, if you are going to watch it, don't time travel back to the early 2000s and watch it early 2000s and watch it on the sci-fi channel. Wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> nope. Uh, don't do that. If you get your hands <laughs> on like, you know, DVD copy. I would, I think that would probably do you, do you solid. Um, it's, it's absolutely worth watching. It's absolutely worth talking about with your friends. It's absolutely worth showing to people, even if they're not big Kaiju nerds. Um, a lot of people ask, you know, where do like, where do I start in like, you know, the Godzilla franchise, you know, where do I start? And like, a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, start with like 54. And then it's like, Oh, but like literally the next three films after that are like hokey and weird with like this really dark tone in the very first one. Um, I think this might be a really good starting point because of the way that it presents this like terrifying Godzilla and the way that it is still like a fun tokusatsu action show, but at the same time has deeper narrative themes throughout that really get your brain moving by the end of the flick. So this for me might be an ideal like episode one Godzilla night kind of thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's my that's my opinions. Cool. So that's GMK. That's uh, GMK. Yeah, I'm so glad we got to talk about this movie. Uh, it's it's been one of my ones that I've been like waiting for for a while. Um, so uh, obviously we are in fan month as we as we have said a couple of times now, uh, which means the second episode of the month that the the last week in May will be another fan poll. Uh, this one, however, is decided by your lovely hosts. So Hello. us, that's Rob, us. Cameron, me, and Marissa will all be putting a movie up for vote, uh, movie or comic or whatever. It could be anything. Uh, oh. And uh, we're putting those up for vote, and whoever, whichever ep- um, movie wins, we will do it. Uh, the caveat is, uh, of course, whoever is on, whoever put that movie up for vote will have to be on that episode. So if Marissa <laughs> happens to win, she's she's going to be on the episode, guys. Oh, choose um, wisely, Marissa. <laughs> choose wisely um but anyway so that's what's coming up at the end of the month before that mm-hmm. though we've got a tokyo signals. signals yeah we're gonna dive back into kaku ranger because i didn't get off my buns and do like a, a patreon poll for and I uh, an episode didn't get a, and i didn't get a chance to do the last one so I wanted Cameron to be able to experience some Cocky Ranger with me. I'm really excited. I do have some fun things planned in the future uh, with uh, with the uh, 
with a handful of other uh, podcasts out there. So uh, the, the airwaves are clear for very, very fun signals in the future. And I mean, we've got, we've got so many things that we've got to go back to as well. We've oh got my Ultra gosh, Q, yeah. we've got Godzilla the Animated Series that we started. Yeah. We've got so many things we got to go back and talk about too. Uh, okay, let me put it this way. We are not lacking in Tokyo signals. <laughs> signals will last beyond, like to, we'll cover every kaiju movie and then this will just be Tokyo signals. The, like the, three like three episodes every month yeah, yeah. <laughs> eventually this will morph into the toku show that i've always wanted in in three or four years once we've covered the last like remaining as like society crumbles around us and uh the last kaiju movie that was ever made was uh godzilla versus kong <laughs> that'll be a perfect segue to talking about uh the power rangers i Oh, what was it? RPM, I think, where uh, it takes, (laughs) no, not turbo. The one that takes place post a robot apocalypse. What? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah, dude. And it's Uh, actually, it's the the American version that I actually like better than its Super Sentai counterpart. Amazing. (laughs) It's Uh, incredible. But anyway, yeah. So look forward to, uh, it's episode three, right, Rob? Kaku Ranger Uh, episode three. Okay. Uh This is the, Uh, oh, this is a good one. Um, so, so when they finally that, form the full Zord, yeah, <laughs> look forward the to that full... next week, uh, and then of course the week after that, you'll see the poll. It'll work just like last time. We'll start the poll on Monday. We'll close the poll on Wednesday. So we'll see what we get. Uh, and I will scramble for the right after the poll ends on Wednesday to try and find whatever we <laughs> whatever wins because that could be fun. Uh, depending uh, how yeah, let's obscure. Well, we I go. don't think we should. <laughs> add comics just because our turnaround time is so short we'll see we'll see yeah comics Uh, are a lot uh, but anyway uh so as of as always of course uh we've got to go through our bumps so to start off the bumps uh we will start at our patreon uh so as we talked about last uh last episode we hadn't come to a decision yet on what we were going to do uh but we are going to suspend our patreon again for may uh, just because, as we all know, uh, things it's hard are not out there. settled at all yet. Uh, in fact, things could get a lot worse before they get better. Um, so we're definitely putting that on hold. Uh, so you, none of you will be charged for May. Uh, and uh, as we just learned, uh, G-Fest is not happening. So uh, <laughs> we're just holding <laughs> off for a little bit. Uh, we'll make sure to let you know exactly when we start you guys back up. Just for uh, a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, for now, uh, usually, you know, you guys are still all awesome for supporting us. So thank <laughs> you for C. Stafford, Joe Jira, uh, Jonathan the BBK Nerd, Behind the Mask, 1313, Caleb Talley, David Myers, Melissa Carter, Kyoe Toshi, Uis, Nathan Towns, William Kish, Alex Yarborough, Jesse Hickman, Joshua Gilland, Jack Horowitz, Taylor Ward, Nicholas Whale, Eric Schuster, and Chris Britt. Thank you guys so, so much. Sorry if I slurred some of your names. My uh, voice is trying to kill me. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Cameron, what's our 1375? Well, for 1375, you're going to listen to me talk for an uncomfortable amount of time about stuff that is kaiju adjacent. Like but... Ruby? <laughs> oh, no. No, that's there not a, a good experience in. for either of us. And there is a, there is the Dread Dragon, which you already yep. mentioned, which comes <laughs> yeah. when everyone gets so upset about Penny 
seemingly getting torn to bits because they don't know that she's a robot fighting a manip. See, you see, <laughs> see, see what's happened. So that's I was going to 75. <laughs> I was going to have a fun bit talking about uh common rider and Garo and all these fun tokusatsu shows where the monsters don't get big. And now I'm just mad about these anime girls again. <laughs> Uh, and that's the 1375. And that's the 1375. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, at Tokyo Lives Cast is our Twitter. Check us out on there. Uh, lately, I've been posting a lot of fun stuff that I've been finding uh, during my quarantine, just you know, scrolling through Twitter every single day, looking for stuff. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> looking for things, looking for things. Uh, also, definitely search. Uh, go to our Twitter and our Facebook, which is just search Tokyo Lives. You'll find us because uh, that is where you will find the polls uh, for next uh, next at the end of the month's episode. So all the polls. Yeah. Uh, let's see. TokyoLivesPodcast.com is our website. Uh, check us out there. Uh, if you search I- iTunes for Tokyo Lives, leave us a review. We will read it on the cast, just like we did uh, earlier in this episode. Uh, our YouTube, if you search Tokyo Lives Podcast, you will find us. I have not uploaded an re- episode very recently. Uh, you know, things have just been kind of crazy. Uh, I will definitely be working on one this week and getting one up next week. Uh, just cause I'll have the time finally. <laughs> um, but, uh, also of course I always say it, uh, when you search Tokyo lives podcast, make sure not to, to just search Tokyo lives. Cause that is not our channel. That is someone else's channel. That is not where you will find us. They've so. been sending us a lot of emails. <laughs> I mean, just look for our logo, I guess is the best way to say it. If if our logo is there, then it's us. If it's not, then well. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway. Uh, I have one last one last little bit of news. Oh? The cherry on top of this, this decadent episode of extreme girth and length. Uh, uh, Kaiju mm. Quarantine is coming back for part two, and oh. I've managed to capture several of your favorite Kaiju podcasts and strand them on top of Trash Mountain. They will have to make their way back down it against the gauntlet of trash. Horrible films I've gathered together for them to all to watch this Memorial Day, uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend, uh, Friday through Sunday. I'll be uh, I'll be torturing uh, uh, several podcasters through a, a litany of uh, li- I couldn't think of an L word for trash, but uh, <laughs> but uh, a litany of uh, I'm extremely excited. I think it's going to be a a real treat. And Cameron I can't just wait did to it. see you all. Huh? <laughs> Cameron just did it. You missed it. <laughs> a litany of lit- uh, litter is what oh, Cameron said. A litany said. of litter. Oh, that's yeah. so good. Uh, I've trapped them on top of Trash Mountain where they'll make their way through a litany of litter uh, down towards the base of Trash Mountain. So let's see what they find as they dig into the the the, the murk and mire of this, this uh, trashy mountain. Who will be the first to escape through via Rob's Mazda 6? <laughs> uh, speaking of one last piece of news uh, before we go, uh, while we were recording, I didn't mention it earlier because I completely forgot after uh, we took our break. Uh, so uh, Comic-Con is going to be digital this year, completely digital. So if Godzilla vs. Kong sticks to its date, uh, it is still quite possible we will see a trailer uh in uh in july 
uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, but anyway, I <laughs> uh, hope you guys enjoyed us talking about GMK. Uh, one of these days we'll have a short episode. Uh, probably never, actually. Uh, <laughs> look, we Signals just love talking to you guys, okay? Like, <laughs> it's. I think there's just so much to talk about with like the themes of this one. And like there were all these extra bits that we had to do. <laughs> I promise I'll find some trash that's easy to talk about when it's my month again. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> anyway, guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed, and we will see you next time. Bye. Cameron, were you naked throughout this whole podcast? I've got shorts on. <laughs> <laughs>